1: Slash drink and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top rated doctor today. That's com slash drink. ZocDoc.com slash drink. Hello, everybody, and welcome to And That's Why We Drink. It is a true crime paranormal podcast and it is hosted by two beautiful souls. I'm Christine.
2: I I guess I'm the other beautiful soul.
1: Uh, Oh, no, sorry. I meant Gio, but I guess you could all... okay. Oh, sorry. Uh I meant three. I'm sorry. Let me take that back. I meant three. It's hosted by three really wonderful,
2: beautiful souls. Uh... Uh, I, I feel like we're, we're. I feel like I can hear the sounds of swerving through traffic in my head, woo, just trying to awkward. Get, get to the end here. Uh, can you hear my sweat? Just like, oh no! I was wondering if there was a leak in your house. It was just
1: uh, <laughs> just puddling underneath <laughs> you. Well, speaking of a leak. Uh, okay, that's a terrible way to start. What? I take it back. <laughs> I take it back. What's happening? That's not what I meant. What I meant was, speaking of. Be- I, there is literally no sagu here that I don't are know you, why I said it like that. Are you well? What's happening? I, I'm trying to force a conversation. What's happening? Um, oh, my God. Like wait. You it almost must, always do.
2: Am I in trouble or is it? No,
1: I want to tell you about my fluffy coat happily okay look i i just like
2: to know before i get into a conversation where i how i should feel you know what i'm saying
1: oh don't worry you would have received a text that said something like smiley face i'd (laughs) like to talk to you today (laughs) <laughs> just kidding and then you would get an emoji of me running away in a gust of wind <laughs> ah! oh my god no so i i've been obsessed with fluffy things lately and since it's uh it's supposed to, we're getting an arctic blast here in cincinnati the hell is that and i uh, listen i don't fucking know but google told me it and apparently it's going to be in the below zeros uh here So I've bought some fluffy stuff, and I'm super cozy and floofy, and I'm just, you know, I'm I'm trying to embrace it, live my life. What is the difference between an Arctic blast and a bomb cyclone? You know, I'm glad you asked, because I have absolutely no idea.
2: I thought as much. I... <laughs> but you know what? It's good to know. For those of you who don't know, we once got stuck in a bomb cyclone in Salt Lake City, didn't a we? A bomb
1: cyclone. Or that not, word never fails. Or not, was it Salt Lake City? That's a bomb cyclone. That's what it was called. And we were just horrified. And our Uber driver kept saying, Oh, it's a bomb cyclone, you know? And we were like, What is that? <laughs> I was like, We're in an Uber. We don't live here. <laughs> you can tell we're from California, right? <laughs> uh,
2: well, good luck with your Arctic chill or whatever Thank you just you.
1: said. Thank uh, you. It sounds like the name of a Mountain Dew drink, Arctic Blast. I think it actually is the name of a, a beverage, And It sounds beverage. like it'd be a
2: really nice, like a, a bright neon Crayola tea. Doesn't it? <laughs> uh oh arctic uh, yeah, it's, it's a catering flavor or something isn't that's it? what
1: i'm thinking a you're gla- right it's- a glacier freeze that's what you need I, to have next yes. i'm gonna have a glacier freeze outside and that's why i wear these nice fluffy clothes maybe by the end of february there'll be a glacier freeze near you
2: um <laughs> how are you what do you what are you drinking why Uh i'm drinking for a few reasons um nothing like really necessary like nothing <laughs> nothing big but it's all the little things that just add up and i'm just like Ugh, i'm so over this i'm drinking tea from coffee bean because that fits we because we know the the traumatic story of starbucks not bringing me london fogs anymore absolutely um i'm drinking a 32 ounce because Ooh. i felt like i deserved it by doing nothing but i was like you, you know do. what this is my moment. My moment with the coffee bean. My time to shine. Um, Why do I drink? Well, I, I have a personal disappointment Um, in that I have been trying really hard to not bite my nails anymore. And then last night I really went to town on my thumb. I don't think I
1: knew that you bit your nails. Oh, that's to other people in my life that would be shocking because... I mean, like, I know you do that, but I didn't know it was something you, like actively cared about
2: yeah no it so ever since I was like a little kid it's been really bad like it it used to be like my fingers would be bleeding by the end of the day bad and so I've been like I'm gonna not bite my nails anymore and it was a really hard habit to break just because I've been doing it my whole life and I've been really really good for like two and a half months now I like basically carry (sighs) nail clippers with me all the time and then something happened where Allison was showering or I couldn't get to the nail clippers and there was like one thing I kept getting stuck on my nail kept like catching on things and Ooh, i was yeah i, I couldn't know. take it i couldn't take it and so last night i like bit my thumb all the way down to like the bone basically and Ooh, the bone okay that's how it feels all right let's not be dramatic it, it doesn't feel good <laughs> every time my hand like catches the air i can feel itself. So. oh god um so i'm drinking for that um why else am i drinking Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's other reasons. Uh, oh, there always
1: are. <laughs>
2: I'm, we'll find them along the way, rest assured. But we're going to start today with nails and see where it takes us. Also, I'm trying this thing. So if you can, if you're watching YouTube, you can see like a little situation you know, what is sitting that? in front of me. So I was, I got, remember last time or two, two weeks ago where I was like, oh, I'm going to try to start soundproofing and audio treating mm-hmm. um, on my end. That way, like. It doesn't sound like I'm in a cave because I'm in a big empty room with tray songs above me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got this thing and it was, I, I did what I always do and I misjudged the dimensions. If you know what I'm talking about, one time I wanted to get Christine, mm-hmm. like, a little tiny Hot Wheels tractor and I basically bought her a real John Deere tractor. Um, <laughs> and so I wanted Off to get... Amazon, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I had that big ass tractor for too long, too. By the way, uh. but, but so I I got this. It was supposed to make a little sound booth cube for you, just put your microphone in, so it's surrounded all on it on all ends. Oh yeah yeah but yeah. But the yeah. thing is like way bigger than even the table that I sit my mic and my laptop. And I mean, this is the bo- for those of you looking. This is the box. It's like oh Jesus, like, holy crap, big. And uh, there was just no way I was gonna be able to like finagle it, so I just took one of the foam panels and I'm trying to like cone it around my microphone so as much of my my wow. mic is like is uh, protected as possible, dampened. But it's just like a big foam square, so I'm actually using Allison's necklaces to weight it down. Is that what that is? I'm trying to curve ah. the foam thing around my mic, and on the bottom, I she has like two pound weights. And so, like, I have them like kind of pressed into like, it's. I really, I'm trying to do what I can with what I've got here. But um, hopefully, the audio sounds better this time. At least one side of it is protected. It sounds good to me. So
1: I don't know anything about it, but I anyway. I drink
2: because I have only nine nails, and also I uh, am not a professional (laughs) in terms of sound quality. Why do you drink, Christine?
1: Oh, thank you for asking. Well, first of all, I'm drinking this lovely. I I received this in my little Warner Brothers gift package they mailed me about that Natalie mm. Morales show, um, and it's a little Stumptown cold brew coffee with oatmeal cortada. And I was like, wow, I can really live my LA lifestyle over here in Kentucky. I was gonna say, yeah. And do they not? they, they don't have that in LA. They have that in LA for sure. Or, sorry. They don't have they don't have it outside of LA. I, oh, I don't know. I don't really leave my house here, so <laughs> I, I haven't been able to explore very much. Um, there are definitely some coffee shops near here, but I haven't really delved into their wares. Um, they mostly wares. have those. They're mostly of those pickup windows where you can walk up and. But the problem is, so I, I this was in the box, and I was like, cute. So I took it a couple days, opened the box, saw this. And then I read on the back, like, keep refrigerated. And I went, hmm. <laughs> well, it certainly hasn't been refrigerated since however long they had it in this box. So I've refrigerated it since, but I'm going to drink it. And if it's terrible, I brought my Carvana car cup just in case oh, God. for emergencies because it's not wine time yet. If
2: you if you uh, fall over, finally, there's like a, a potential that I'm not the one that murdered you. It could have just been like <laughs>
1: finally unless you another were like...
2: product. <laughs>
1: Unless you were somehow involved in this Warner Brothers, Natalie Morales situation, which I wouldn't put past you. Unless I, I work at Stumpton and like injected that that, that <laughs> box of coffee alone with something. But um, anyway, so I... Oh, it's actually pretty good. Oh, I think it's fine. That's how I wanted it to taste. I think so. it's fine. Um, so anyway, that's currently why I drink. It's not wine time yet, so I'm sure I'll be drinking later. But I have, a, I have the weirdest reason ever why I drink, which is I don't even really know how to start this because
2: oh god what? it's just i've
1: been thinking about it non-stop uh since blaze told me so um i've been with blaze for probably like oh god i don't know seven or eight years at this point a million kind of <laughs> <months>. <laughs> many lifetimes <laughs> um and you know I f- you, you get to a point where you're like oh i feel like i know pretty much everything like we know everything about each other I mean you know I love to sprinkle in fun facts every now and then about things that I forgot existed sprinkle
2: in fun facts or
1: pepper and information about how he might be (laughs) murdered one day and he'll never see it coming (laughs) yes right okay fine all right maybe I like to aggressively force uh really really uh questionable facts about my past into our relationship (laughs) that's fair but like I I I don't know I feel like I know Blaze's family really well like I know all his friends growing up and stuff and The other day, I was falling asleep. It was like 1 in the morning. And all of a sudden, I don't know how we got on this topic, but Blaze brought up a teacher of his from elementary school. And I was like, "Okay." Blaze was like, he was such a weirdo. And I was like, oh, okay, I don't know. And I was trying to fall asleep. And I was like, oh, why? And Blaze went into this fucking story about this teacher he had. Where I was like, I thought I was the only one with like a really fever dream, like elementary school experience. Blaze is telling me, I don't think I've laughed so hard in my whole life. He was telling me about this teacher and then he kind of paused and he's like, oh, and one time he took me to a Beanie Baby auction. And I was like, wait, OK. So I turned what? the lights back on. Was his name and Bernard? What, what? <laughs> that's true. My dad literally still has a laundry basket full of Beanie Babies somewhere in his house. Oh, my house. gosh. Um, but he's like, yeah, he took me to. And I was like, wait, what do you mean? And he was like, well, it was a prize. And I was like, okay, I'm going to turn the lights on and make you tell me this whole story because I don't like that we're just <laughs> glossing over it. <laughs> I like how you're like, I need the lights on so I can look around
2: and make sure that I am in a real environment and not my own headspace. Yeah,
1: yeah, I'm not lucid dreaming, right? So I was like, can you tell me what the hell you're talking about? And at this point, I'm like fascinated. And he tells me this story about how his teacher <laughs> like had this... Well, one time his teacher – it started because he said his teacher threw a Valentine's at him one time. Hmm. Um, His mom had brought all these beautiful homemade Valentine's, Pokemon Valentine's, and uh, his teacher just, like, threw them at him. And I was like, that sounds like a very Christine memory. But then he's like, yeah, he also took me to a Beanie Baby auction. And I said, what does that mean? Please tell me. And he said, well, it was a prize because I guess – If he was like the cool teacher, and I guess if you were the citizen of the month, which is what the school called like student of the month, which Uh, I certainly never was, no, uh, he was like then you got to go with Miss. I don't want to say his name with Mister Blank. Mr. Smith, let's call Mr. him. Mr. Beanie Baby Man. <laughs> Mr. Beanie Baby. Mr. Schieffer. I mean, hold on. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Mr. Smith to the Beanie Baby auction. And I was like, why? And he's like, because he was obsessed with Beanie Babies. And he was convinced he was become going to become a multimillionaire. So he collected them. And I said, so like, was it a class trip? And he's like, no, he would just take one student at a time. And I was like, OK, this is starting to sound really questionable. Uh-huh. And he goes, well, his wife was there. And I was like, his wife was there? And um, it turns out, like, Blaze, and he's like, he phrased it as if it were a recovered memory. He was like, wow, yeah, it really was a strange experience. My mom just dropped me off. He drove me to this auction outside of a Christmas tree store, uh, and it was in the parking lot. It was freezing out, and they started auctioning off Beanie Babies, and his wife was there. It was just me, and at the end, he got to take home a Beanie Baby, uh, the, the I don't know. Uh, the '90s were a weird time because yes, I, now I no boundaries, no boundaries.
2: The fact that your mother, who I've or her, your mother-in-law, who I've met and is like pretty sharp. Oh yeah, was just like, oh well, yeah, <laughs> have fun. <laughs> Bye.
1: I know. I was like, I thought only Renata did shit like that. But so I texted Blaze, texted her because he's like, I need you to understand that this was real. So he included me in a group text of his parents. And his mom was like, yeah, looking back, that was like a really weird time. And Blaze and I were like, you know what? As the oldest, I feel like we sacrifice a lot because then our younger siblings don't have to go to Beanie Baby auctions in the cold with their male teacher. Um, anyway, I just, I can't stop thinking about it. That's all. You know. That's the end. No, that's, it'll never be the end now because
2: a lot of people are <laughs> going to have a lot of opinions. But I, that's, I want to say I'm surprised after everything you've ever told me, I'm just like another drop in the bucket. But it's <laughs> it's weird. It is weird. It's also weird that Blaze, the person mm-hmm. who I expect the least to be put in that the situation, only stable.
1: Yeah, the only stable person in our multi relationship dynamic.
2: The fact that even he was saying it like it was normal is the odd part. Where usually he would say something like that <laughs> yes, and be exactly. like, usually he'd be like, "This is weird." But the fact that he was just saying it and then over time was like, "Huh." why are you turning the lights on why do you think this is a fever dream
1: (laughs) why are you calling the authorities Christine (laughs) yeah I think that's why because I feel like I do that a lot and people are like Christine are you hearing what you're saying but then I got to be the person who said Blaze are you hearing what you're saying this is so creepy and strange and also what beanie baby did you get and then he was like that's the worst part I didn't even get like a cool beanie baby he gave me like some generic one that wasn't ever gonna become make me rich and famous not to
2: make it about me but it feels a lot like uh, the musks situation where all i wanted was my fucking steak and then the worst part of it all was at the end after this really weird experience where i was all alone you don't even uh where blaze's mom apparently dropped me off there was no steak (laughs) at the end
1: (laughs) and i mean after all that i was like i bet you never wanted to be citizen of the month ever again because what a terrible prize you know
2: yeah well at our school it was if you were the winner or not the winner but like the student of the month or whatever you got to i don't know if people still do this but when you would have to line up and someone was like the head of the Train zone was the caboose.
1: No okay oh uh, yeah i mean
2: i guess yeah like it was like if you became if you were student of the month you got to be the caboose which was at the very
1: back of the line and i was like (laughs) lol that feels not right are you sure that's not what they just told you to make you feel better (laughs) that would check out because i certainly didn't deserve student of the month ever (laughs) i deserved the caboose (laughs) i mean that's better i feel like if you're student of the month and you're in the front of the line everyone just like rolls their eyes at you i guess if you're in the back maybe you're like cooler so we used to have
2: uh actually i would love to find this video it's got to be somewhere in my basement but there was one thing in first grade where every month there was uh, there was only 18 students in the class. But there was this one thing called special person of the month or whatever. (laughs) And you got to bring your parents in, bring in your favorite toys, bring in like a bunch of your favorite stuff. And like once every I guess it was a month. That doesn't make sense, though, because there weren't 18 months of first grade for me. Shockingly. Maybe not
1: everybody got the month. No,
2: everyone got a turn. Oh. So maybe it was like special person of the week. Oh, or... uh,
1: we did that in elementary school, where you brought in a poster about your upset about me. You got to you do got to a to presentation it. on yourself. Yeah. It was it was really fun for the. That's guys. like our. I was gonna say that's our fucking jam, man. <laughs> this is uh, officially we've done a special person of four years now. We it's called forced a ourselves. It's only the two of us because every month we get to be the special person of the month and bring our parents in. Yeah.
2: Well, it was, uh and so you would sit up there. Your parents would come in, and then you would do a presentation on yourself, and every. Everyone was assigned a question to ask you. So by the end of the experience, everyone had gotten a chance to ask you a question about yourself. You would answer it and you would bring in like your favorite snacks, your favorite toys. You would explain everything. Your parents would tell their favorite stories about you. And then everyone would sing getting to know you. And that was <laughs> special person day. <laughs> and, then, and then until the next special person presentation, you were the caboose of every line every time you went to field trips and shit
1: okay that's sweet I will see I didn't really speak English in first grade so I just showed up with a poster about myself and everyone I remember they we had the same thing I'm actually getting really upset now I have <laughs> a stomach ache already because I remember that I brought my poster in and I was trying to talk about myself and they had to do like the questions and the first person asked why are you so weird <gasps> and then everybody laughed and so that was my memory of being a oh. person that's why they were
2: assigned questions we all had a popsicle oh. stick with, we had a popsicle stick with a question on it and so the teacher would like have had a can of popsicle sticks and you would pull one before the presentation i see I that
1: see, way yeah nothing our like teachers were happen. a little bit crueler and thought it was hilarious um and someone said why do you sound so funny and i was like fuck off actually i wasn't i just <laughs> was quiet and then i cried
2: you should have like s- like said a little german curse on them and i should have hexed them Gone on about. do you your know day? what hex
1: means in uh in german no the word you know. A witch, and a hex that means a witch. checks out! It. Che- I know it's not fun. Hex out! I don't get it. Hex! Oh my god! Out. Um, hmm, moving on quickly. Uh, hmm. I had a fun fact, and M had to turn it into a bad pun. I'm just saying. I didn't I know that, it but it, it makes
2: sense because hexes and and witches like they're always the words are always put together.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um. Also, another fun fact. Did you know what Pokemon means? Because I just found this out.
1: Yeah, I found this out once on a podcast. Actually, uh, was it this oh. podcast? Am I saying <laughs> it again? <laughs> I'm a time traveler. I forget though. I like I po- always pocket hear- monsters. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. It blew my. F- oh no! It was Pikachu that I learned what it meant. Apparently, Pika is like mouse. Ah. what's Chew I think mean? in Japanese? I think like it's like a mouse sneezing. Am I making that up?
2: I don't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Look, I just found out
2: what Pokemon means, but it blew
1: me away. I was like, how on earth did I not put that oh, together? Yeah, nothing? I knew that. Because in other languages, they're called pocket monsters. Yeah, uh, well... Oh, okay. Pikachu means sparkle mouse noise, which is why he goes like, Pika. That's pre- that's precious. And sparkle because he's like
2: a lightning Pokemon, maybe?
1: Yeah, that's probably why. That's yeah. fun. Anyway, sorry, this got off the rails as usual, but welcome to our show. M tells a ghost story or a creepy story. I tell a creepy story that's about murder. So welcome to the show and... I guess, shall we begin? Yeah. Oh, wait, no. We have an announcement. We're doing a live show, Em. (laughs) Em always gets mad at me, like, oh, Christine's delaying the show, but like- When did I get mad about that? You went, (sighs) oh, because
2: you you were the one ironically talking about how we keep derailing, and then you, like-
1: Well, because neither of us brought up the live show we're
2: doing. Well, we are doing a live show February 26th. Uh, It's a virtual live show. $10 a ticket and it's going to be uh we're having listener stories submitted and if you would like your chance at your story being read during the virtual live show you can send them to at from our
1: couches
2: at gmail.com yes correct?
1: okay mm-hmm. and what what's the link i don't remember oh well uh, <laughs> do you know <laughs>
2: Nope. but we can we'll post it on our site we're gonna kind of try to social media blast it so you will you will see maybe eva
1: can put it in the chat here and if she types it in the chat then i'll just say it while we're whenever it shows up yes um but yeah so if it
2: doesn't show we have a uh and that's why we drink it'll be like in our bios on our social media oh yeah it'll be
1: social media and on our website too but yeah we're really excited we haven't done one in a while um it'll be our first of the year uh, we're super excited. The last couple have been really fun. And we really like picking, you know, the scariest stories we get. So, oh, OK. Here it comes. OnLocationLive.com slash ATWWD. Bingo. Thanks, Eva. There you go. <laughs> but yes, please come.
2: Uh, it'll be fun. We are going to be live reacting to the stories. So we will all be finding <laughs> Eva out. wrote, you got it. <laughs> we will be finding out what these stories are about altogether. So
1: yes, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. Um, and there's a and a like during the intermission and stuff. It'll be love fun. We'll have a good
2: intermission. Yeah. So please come. We're very excited about it. What day does this come out? Oh, no, it's still very early in February. Oh, my goodness. Mm -hmm. Okay, never mind then. Not that anything is being announced. (sighs) Here's what I was going to say. I'm I'm currently working on the new um, escape room. So sometime sometime in March that's going to be ready. And I was going to say something about it if this comes out in March, but it absolutely isn't because it is so early in February. Anyway, be on the lookout for an escape room.
0: Is your child asking questions on their homework you don't feel equipped to answer? Maybe your child is too shy to ask questions in front of the entire class, but they can get extra help and positive feedback with IXL Learning. IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way with positive feedback. This program will improve your kids' grades. Backed by research, kids using IXL are scoring higher on tests. From studies done in almost every state in the country, the kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. And one subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home pre-K to 12th grade. If your child is struggling, this is the smartest investment you can make, and a month of IXL costs less than an hour of tutoring. Additionally, IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And then that's why we drink listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com drink. Visit IXL.com drink to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price.
1: By now you've probably heard about Burrow, a new kind of furniture company known for timeless designs, durable materials, and details that make life in your space easier. Love that thing. And that's why we drink listeners can get 15% off their first order at burrow.com slash drink. That's burrow, B-U-R-R-O-W dot com slash drink for 15% off. Burrow.com slash drink.
2: Here's my story. Let's just, let's, let's just try to do this. So here's my story. This is the story of the Bettis House in Quitman, Arkansas. Ooh. This is also known sometimes as the legend of the dog boy, but I feel like that's leading. That's because um, my thought is that the dog boy becomes like a main character here. And I feel like what's the opposite of burying a lead?
1: Like, hmm. Unearthing a lead? Unearth-
2: yeah, it feels I feel like it, it, it makes it sound a lot more spectacular if I go with the dog. Boy oh, sentence. you're
1: saying like it's a misleading mm-hmm. title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Misleading it, got it, got it, got it, got it. instead of burying the lead. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever.
2: Yeah. But here's the story of the Bettis House featuring the dog boy. So it's in Quitman, Arkansas, which, fun fact, was a major trading center until 1870. It's also an important halfway point to get from, from Tennessee to Arkansas. It's, it's a big like travel area. It's heavily populated. And uh, especially during the Civil War, it was a place where a lot of folks enlisted for the army. So there's a lot of soldiers in the area. And Arkansas, I did want to throw in like a little fun, extra paranormal story before I talk about the Bettis House, just because it's super quick. But apparently in the same area, there is a vanishing hitchhiker everyone knows about where (gasps) there's, I guess the story goes that a man was driving to Little Rock and he saw in the middle of the night, this girl sitting on the side of the road. And she had like a cut on her eye and her dress looked kind of fucked up. And he pulled us over to ask if she was okay. And she said she had been in an accident if he could drive her home. And so he gets to the address that she gives him, knocked on the door and, and like oh. a man opened the door and he said, hey, there's this girl that's in my car. And so she lives here. Um, she's been in an accident. And the guy that lives there will say like, oh no, that's my daughter. She died in an accident years ago. And it's pretty common oh that she will show up for people in the middle of the night and ask them to be driven home
1: that's so spooky can you imagine like being that family though and like every time the doorbell rings at night you're like now i have to talk about my daughter's death again like that must just be so traumatic to every single time have to explain to people like it's not real she's not alive
2: it would it's it I... would also be in like the the most silver lining of ways really comforting to be like oh yeah she's still fucking around she's still hanging yeah, but out she's like
1: st- but she's like still traumatized on the side of the road you know like li- reliving it over and over again
2: yeah i uh, luckily uh we don't have to experience that but i it would be i think it would be comforting at least 1% to be like oh yeah she's still out there she's still hanging out so anyway a lot of people experience this girl and so nowadays he's like oh yeah no just go back to your car you'll see she's not in the car anymore she's vanished at this point but so if you see a little girl and you're near little rock arkansas and it's midnight might might be a ghost so i just wanted to throw that out there well before i got into the the real story here so Quitman, arkansas it has the legend of the dog boy but apparently there's another story called the dog faced boy which this oh. is not apparently oh. people mix them <laughs> not up. to be confused with dog boy not to be confused with uh the famed dog faced boy apparently of course very different very dog faced boys in russia Russia, fun fact. oh so like completely different not even a little bit nearby <laughs> got it okay <laughs> so uh for, they they call him dog boy at least nowadays because folks will say that they see the silhouette of a 300 pound dog man hybrid with glowing eyes
1: oh and they call it a cute boy instead of like a 300 dog man hybrid with glowing eyes they say oh, it's just a little dog just, boy. it's just
2: shorter it's just shorter to say dog boy you know I guess so. He apparently will look out the windows, and he will chase people down. This there's a few reports saying that he'll chase people down, trying to bite at your heels, like like they're a dog, more dog than man. It makes me wonder, like which part is dog and which part is man in terms of the hybrid combo here. Like, is it a Christine body with a Geo head, or is it a Christine head on a Geo body?
1: Both are equally not uh, not great predators, so I'm not sure which would <laughs> be more effective. They're both very good at eating popcorn. That, that's what i got That's about say. where it, yeah, that's about where the line is drawn. Uh,
2: yeah. So the house that folks see him in was originally called the Garrett House. I don't know why, and I don't know when it changed, but, uh, or I do know when it changed. I don't know why it was originally called the Garrett House, though, and now it is called the Bettis House, which is on 65 Mulberry Street. And uh, the house was originally built in 1890 um, in Cleburne, Claiborne County, which is in downtown Quitman. And it's said to have the dog boy and also additional ghosts in the house. So peppered in with extra fun, as I like to oh. say, if I were a real realtor trying to sell this house, <laughs> peppered in with extra fun. With surprises down the road. <laughs> so uh, they actually, that next to this house is a longtime neighbor who has helped give a lot of information about the families over time. So most of our info that we can get about the Bettis house uh, has somehow been circulated through this neighbor. So it could really just be like a desperate housewives neighbor who's just like has nothing but time to make up shit. But <laughs> it, if this happened to be all real, this. They're basically like a, a free archivist for the neighborhood. Oh, love it. Love it. So it's up to you what you believe. Maybe you believe in the 300 pound dog man hybrid. Maybe you believe that the neighbor is bored. It's up to you. Both. I believe both. <laughs> is that possible? <laughs> uh, so when it was known as the Garrett house, the a family, the Jackson family lived there, which is why I don't know why it's called. It's not called the Jackson house. Interesting. I would have thought the family were the Garrett's, but whatever. So the Jackson family lived there when it was the Garrett house. And in the Jackson family, the husband's name was Ben Jackson. His wife uh, had died at 28. And then their son, who ended up becoming like a World War I vet, he also died at 21. I think both of them died in the house. So both of their spirits are known to haunt Mm. the building now. And I'm assuming... There's probably some story out there that, oh, and then Ben Jackson died and now he haunts the house with his wife and son. So there's
1: a family of ghosts, if you will. And then their dog-man hybrid died and also haunts the house.
2: Yep. You know what? You nailed it. Uh, Ben actually was a werewolf and now he's a ghost. He's half and half. He just could never figure it out. So in the 1950s, after they died the Bettis family moved in, which is when the house became the Bettis house. Got it. And this is the 1950s. So Floyd and Aileen Bettis, uh, they moved in and four years into living there, I think they had their son named Gerald. And some people or some sources also call him like Gerald or Jarrell. It's like with a J. But Mm. the one that people most know is Gerald like from Hey Arnold. Um, Got it and so he was born in 1954 and i guess right off the bat he was a really difficult kid not only did he have issues at school with like having a hard time learning or he was getting bullied or whatever but according to neighbors maybe this one very loud neighbor (laughs) quote his parents were good people but gerald was a brat vicious and cruel
1: oh goodness okay. okay That's, he was never student of the month, I'll tell you <laughs> he that was, much. He deserved the caboose
2: before anyone, except and not in the special person way.
1: He definitely deserved no beanie babies.
2: Certainly not. Uh, apparently, he had some really weird behaviors, including collecting cats and dogs, which like... I don't love the phrasing of that. So when I heard collecting cats and dogs, I was like, okay, Gerald, you and everyone else in the 21st century, you're not special. Like, everyone's got a million cats and dogs which Uh, by the way is what led him to the name dog boy because apparently it was oh he's dog boy because he was primarily uh collecting dogs
1: can we can we clarify like collecting dogs like in an okay way or like in a murderous way what why are you doing that face because
2: collecting means catching and torturing fuck um so uh what uh, and that's as far as we go there just so you know so one one neighbor claims that he i'm confused about this because i don't know if they mean gerald himself once he was an adult or gerald's parents did this favor for him or something but at some point an addition was built onto the house and the rumor circulated that they were building room so they could fit more animals in the house okay all right that makes sense which like christine would build an addition on her house for a million more geos <laughs> like to be clear
1: um that's uh, like but not for nefarious purposes
2: right to be well clear. the nefarious purposes would be so you would have more souls to drink wine with and watch ghosts <laughs> yeah i just need a lot of attention you just, okay? it would be so just for the socializing of it all um <laughs> So he he apparently also really liked attention, which like okay, no surprise. Can't fault him for that. Yeah, and also can't relate. Lol, certainly can.
1: Lol, not at all.
2: Apparently, <laughs> during a family reunion, Gerald once laid across a couch in front of everyone and fed himself grapes, which like
1: <laughs> sounds like. Oh my god! You and I both have done that, and I don't even. I'm not even going to ask because I know you. That's have, That's what and I, I, I did at my special I
2: person presentation. I was yeah. Like, <laughs> ask me questions about myself now um so this really does sound like it could have been us if we took a really dark turn like it's just it's just yeah here we are talk about me i'm gonna feed myself grapes and build
1: an addition on my house for my dogs that like that much period end of the story is definitely us for sure checks out
2: so Mm -hmm. uh unfortunately eventually the abuse from the animals carried over to his folks and as he got older he (sighs) became he got he was in control of his family so (sighs) here's a quote i think from the neighbor He kept his parents virtually imprisoned upstairs. He would feed them only when he decided it was time to eat. By the time he was an adult, he was 6'4", 300 pounds, just like the dog boy. Mm -hmm. And Gerald was known for beating up his father and once even threw him out of an upstairs window when he was in his 70s. When the the dad was in his 70s. Jeez. Apparently there was one particular time where Floyd, in his 70s, got thrown out the window and had to hang onto the ledge until the police showed up. Which, like... Was the neighbor just, like, taking notes this whole time? Because I'm like, what is this nosy neighbor that doing? That makes me think it's a very desperate house of, like, oh, just sitting on the porch drinking my tea watching him get thrown out the window again. Seriously. Also, just, like, taking some notes. The upper body strength. Like, I... I am 28, and if someone threw me out a window, I'd be like, "Guess I'm hitting the ground." Like, just there's... wave on your way
1: down. Yeah, there's no, <laughs> there's no grabbing on there, anything.
2: There's no chance. I wouldn't even try. Mm-hmm. If I saw a ledge, I wouldn't even grab it. I would just be like, yeah. "What's the point? It's just gonna." <laughs> it's
1: just, <laughs> just gonna wave at the ledge. Just keep going. It's just gonna make this process take longer. Might as well. The inevitable. Yeah. Uh, so
2: in 1981, Floyd the dad died from quote illness at home, which we, is pretty vague. But locals say he was probably pushed down the stairs and broke his neck or something along those lines.
1: Oh, they as- my God. They assume
2: that Gerald had something to do with this. <sighs> okay. Um, just because he was getting abused left and right anyway. And then it was such a vague explanation for his death. Mm-hmm. So a neighbor said this about Gerald, said that if you had ever seen his eyes, they seemed to glow at night. So this is kind of the beginning of... Oh my. rumors of oh he's already known as dog boy and his eyes seem to glow at night so right we can see where this is leading uh they seem to glow at night one time he came over here and got onto us because we had trimmed a magnolia tree that overlapped into his backyard and when they started cleaning that house up after floyd died one of his uncles even came to my house to borrow a gun because he was afraid that his nephew gerald would get riled up during it jesus His whole family is terrified of him, and the neighbors know about it. And probably the neighbors were, like, threatened into silence or felt nervous or something. So he's basically in charge of the neighborhood at this point. So after Floyd's death, Gerald's mom, Aileen, she fell and broke her hip, so she went to the hospital. And apparently, while at the hospital, another neighbor who happened to be a nurse at that hospital... Uh, could report that she witnessed Gerald visiting her in the hospital and, quote, slapping her around and telling her, I'm going to have you arrested if you tell anyone what I did.
1: Oh, Jesus. Okay.
2: We never find out what it is that he did, but I think we're assuming it's that he killed Floyd, his Uh. dad. So not long after Aileen was put into uh, adult protective services, because I guess the nurse was able to finally get her help, So she got away from Gerald and once she was gone, he started, he got arrested because he built a grow room in his house. And so he had like a bunch of pot everywhere, got arrested, went to prison. And in the 80s, while in prison, he died at 34 of a drug overdose. My goodness. And his mom was still alive until 1995. The niece inherited the Bettis house, but soon it was sold to a truck driver named Tony and his wife
1: okay wow whoa what a what a roller coaster man
2: yeah so that's that's the the history of uh the Bettis house so big tony got the house afterwards and there is apparently this is precious there's an organization i hope it's still around it, it probably is there's an organization in arkansas called central arkansas society for paranormal research Ooh. aka casper <gasps> love that is that not so fun so cute
0: so So fun so cute so
2: cute cute. (laughs) oh my gosh um Arkansas if you're listening I would like to join Casper as an honorary member let me know and so the founder's name is Karen Schilling so Miss Karen if you're listening hi Miss Karen
1: of Casper I'd love to join too Casper's Karen Casper's Karen
2: so uh, Karen says that the weavers pretty much right away experienced a lot of activity and she ended up knowing them because Tony and his wife saw an ad for Casper in the paper, old school, Arkansas. Love it. And uh, they called Karen for help. Cause they were like, there's too much shit going on in this house. At first the weavers would noticed that the lights were turning off they would go to work turn the lights off before they left and when they came home every single light was on Mm -hmm. and soon
1: the activity got stronger Mm -hmm. i hate that it builds like that that always freaks me out like it's gathering energy over time it's just yeah
2: it's it's almost like it's trying to see what it can get away with and then once you're it's not that you're necessarily giving it positive or negative energy but because you don't seem to care you're not forcing it out or so it
1: can build on itself or sometimes i think what if you're afraid because you're already freaked out by the lights and then it like feeds off of that you know what i mean like feeds off your like energy (sighs) of being afraid that's what i would guess i don't know though because this is just all sounds terrible probably a little
2: bit of both i don't like the things growing out of my skin right now (laughs) What are they called? Fucking can, man. What are they called? All the little, all the little hills building on my Ew. arms. Um, so at first, oh, this is a, a quote from Karen about one of the experiences the Weavers had. One time, this is probably the weirdest too, and I, I love when I hear something original. Finally, so I got to give this ghost credit for uh, creativity. One time pennies floated down the stairwell from the upstairs of the house and the coin stopped and fell to the floor all at once right in front of her pennies from so it's like heaven. someone was it's like someone was holding like two little coins and they were invisible and they got to the bottom of the stairs and they went boop, and just like dropped that's
1: them. so like freaky like it's like seems harmless but also is so terrifying
2: well, the freaky part is whether or not an alive or dead person were, was doing that it doesn't, with the coins, yeah, it, no matter what, it, doesn't it makes matter. no sense. It's
1: just creepy. for Because, like, what does it even mean? Yeah.
2: Yeah. If it were, like, even if it were something like a, a like a newspaper or something, it would be like, okay, so maybe there's an invisible ghost reading yeah. the paper. Yeah. But it's, like, two random coins floating around
1: together. Or, like, a plate it's, gets shoved off the table. It's like, okay, classic like move, ghost. But, like, yeah. that's such a specific set of items. I
2: don't know. I wonder if it has to do with, like, the material of it. Like, maybe because it's, like, oh. maybe if they were copper or something.
1: Mm. I don't know. I don't know. Um, maybe he's like, here's my two cents. I'm M and I love puns. Stop it. That's <laughs> hysterical. That's, actually, <laughs> that's hysterical.
2: I want that to be the reason, actually, that <laughs> it would have something to do with me. <laughs> but no, we're, isn't that how dowsing rods work? Aren't they made of copper or something? um I don't know I don't I'm... know but
1: I know pennies are made of zinc so I'm not sure if that's didn't
2: they used to be copper related. until the 50s or probably
1: something? yeah probably I'm asking a lot of questions about things we copper would... pennies are definitely a thing but I think most of the time they're zinc
2: well I'm asking a lot of information from you about things nobody prepared for that I so... don't have
1: any idea about yeah I don't <laughs> I'm just answering as if I know <laughs> I appreciate the
2: confidence though at least it <laughs> felt like you knew where this was going all along <laughs> So anyway, so the pennies floating around on the stairs are super creepy. And then Tony, big Tony himself, mm. Tony, his their last name I'm saying is Weaver. It's actually Chocoloni. This is one of his experiences. One day I was working on the house and I saw a man looking through the foyer into the living room. He looked like a World War I soldier complete with a helmet. He looked so real, and when he walked into my living room, I ran after him, but no one ended up being there. Oh. So we think that this World War One soldier is probably the son from the Jackson family who was a World War One. The pet.
1: first family, right? The
2: first family. Okay. So at this point so far, we're thinking like, okay, maybe it's just the Jackson family haunting the place and... It hasn't even really processed that this could be like the Bettis family and Gerald's. Right, 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 right. Um. So Tony also reported. This is where uh, Gerald Bettis likes to show himself. Tony also started reporting a dog humanoid creature in the windows. Oh, but goose. Cam. But he also thought he must be imagining it because he was like, that literally makes no fucking sense. Sure. So within six months of living there, activity had actually escalated so much to a point where the Weavers didn't even want to live there anymore. So in two thousand three, they ended up selling the house to. Eventually, I think actually the neighbor that I've been talking about, the Desperate Housewives neighbor, <laughs> yeah, I think she hooked up her nephew with the Weavers, and the and the nephew ended up getting this house. Which makes me think that, like, maybe none of this happened at all until all of a uh-huh, sudden that's until all I'm... of a sudden, the neighbor was like, oh, my nephew's going to move in. What if I told him some, some silly stories about the house's past? Scare them out of the house. Mm-hmm. I would do that. I wonder. If I my wonder. nephew was going to get a house next to me and there was a bunch of families who lived there before that I knew about, I would just be like, oh, yeah, I've known about that house for a long time. You don't even want to know what they've fucking seen.
1: You're such a jerk. So,
2: I mean, like, for all we know, this, like, 2003 is, like, when the stories started.
1: I would not do that. I'd be like, oh, sorry, nephew, there's no houses anywhere near (laughs) me, and I'm not responsible (laughs) for you. Please move somewhere far away. So,
2: apparently, the nephew's name was Quentin White, and his wife, Stephanie, were the two who moved in. Next to a silly old aunt neighbor, Quentin immediately actually started reporting activity, too, saying, this is also creative. Strange things would happen on a regular basis, like the toilet would flush on its own. Oh, that's odd. So that's fun. Also, he I used youth slang to stay with the times for today, for today's listeners. But what he actually said was, the commode would flush on its own. Ooh, that's fancy. We should bring back the word commode. But I did I also- I that word. I just kept that from happening before I went back That's and- what
1: I was like, you should have ble- leaned into it okay i don't i
2: was about to do like a really old-timey accent but then i remembered i don't know how to do one don't do that don't do that the for co- my sake please the commode would flush on its own. Um, okay. they also heard chairs dragging through the house and some say that gerald himself was gerald like dog boy himself was seen screaming at them to get out
1: oh. so
2: i wonder if that means like you saw him from afar like how the previous family said or if now this ghost is getting more comfortable and
1: like Truly, running up to you and saying "get out." because well, earlier he was outside, right, and so now they're saying he's inside, screaming at them to get out or something like that. Know.
2: It was either he was outside or they were outside and saw him in the windows, or but then they also saw like the World War One vet, so maybe that is who was saying "get out." I don't know, but they they're seeing a man say "get out of my house" and then vanish. Oh, okay. So one day Quentin was actually on the phone, and he was with he was on the phone with his wife, and he heard a crash upstairs. Um, he went upstairs to a room to check on the noise, and in this room, he happened to have left a bunch of two-by-fours, like, in a pile on the floor. Mm-hmm. And when he got up there,
1: and poltergeist fashion, they were all standing up straight no, no, all around no. the room. Ah, that gives me such terrible creeps. I, something about like moving objects into perfect yeah. formation is just the worst. Just the worst. I also don't like that they were probably
2: scattered across the room, and at some point, let's say, like, the ghost stopped doing its, like, magic and all of them like clearly can't balance probably like they're and they just all crash at the same time (gasps) oh
1: how creepy would that be dude oh i hate it i hate it i hate it
2: like the fact that like you know that to to keep one standing up you need to keep your hand on it and there's a bunch of them it's like do ghosts have a million hands or are you controlling (laughs) it from above and then you just decide that you're gonna leave the room and all of them come falling down at the same time (sighs) anyway no matter what it is it's fucking creepy It's not good. Because all we know is that he got up there and they were all standing up straight. But we don't find out how they stopped standing up straight.
1: (laughs) Maybe they were just balanced so perfectly. Like how you can balance like i don't know a really thin object well then i was super careful i
2: would still like
1: to hear the ending where he had to go yeah like go around. board by board and collect <laughs> that's them. true like somehow they ended up not being that way i would imagine <laughs> it'd be like dominoes like around <laughs> the circle it'd be like fucking splinters galore i would like to think it's something extra
2: eerie that like made him interact with the ghosts where like they all stood up straight by themselves until like he tried to start collecting them, and when he grabbed one, they all collapsed. They or all something. just yeah, ugh. like it was like watching him. I don't know. I'm trying to make it scarier than it was, but it was already it's pretty already fucking pretty, scary. Yeah, I don't think that is needed, but yikes. So the couple also would wake up every night to the sound of a dog nearby howling, but nobody they knew had a dog. So Mm-mm. I think they were ignoring it for a while, and then probably when they heard the rumor of Dog Boy, they were like, "Aha, uh-huh, that checks out. Let's Mm-mm. let's stick with that story." so tony tried forever to sell the house like could like he lived there for or no not tony uh no, yeah
1: sorry Qu- the quentin or
2: whatever they tried to sell the house i was like
1: oh well i know someone's <laughs> nephew who actually needs to house so if you want me to hit them up i get 10 percent commission right
2: okay for sure like you know that you really <laughs> sold them because you said that like It's just there's peppered in a bunch of surprise layers. That's right. That's right. I
1: learned from the end school of realty about how to phrase the end school of realty is
2: either it's nature cozy or it's not fucking worth it.
1: That's or it's not worth it. Or it's not worth it. Every house must have cookies at. Yeah. Wait a minute. Wow, yeah. you get an A. Hang on. Thank you. I <laughs> I've never gotten an that. A in one of your courses before.
2: Can you imagine if you were a uh, special person of the month at my realty <laughs> class? <laughs> yeah. And you were like, here are cookies, and that's all I needed to do. Really. Do you know
1: what would be the best is that it was just me, but like you would definitely wait to give me special person of the month. Like I wouldn't get it right away. You would wait to, to decide when With, I got special. I- <laughs> I'd be like, I'll see you in December.
2: Also, you're the front of the line and the caboose. Yeah, 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 true. <laughs> So, uh, they tried to sell the house forever and they fucking couldn't get it together. And I think probably because at this point that one neighbor had gone around and spread the rumor so intensely that it was haunted. (laughs) And also imagine if you've already been telling people it was haunted and now your nephew lives there. So (laughs) you have, like... Real artistic license to be like, no, I have like an in. It's really oh, I know it. Right. <laughs> so at one point they tried, uh, I think Quentin stopped by the house and tried to set down his like sunglasses or something on the table while he was there. Got angry that nobody was interested in the house, and so he said something alongs of like, "I'm tired of taking care of this place." And his items that he had left there went missing. Oh, so now things so now it's really fucking with him. Whoa. Also, as they were trying to sell the house, interested buyers kept saying no because even though they really liked the place once they got there they felt something was really Mm. off that's not good so they felt chills they felt like they were being stared at they felt anger and hatred they some of them like lost balance or fell over or felt like they were getting pushed people on the stairs would get really 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 fucking sad oh also people would hear door slams they'd hear footsteps there was problems with electronics Apparently there was a cat that would just like hiss and vanish. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then there was also the apparition of the soldier in the hall who would appear. So goodbye for that. Goodbye. I don't So there like was it. A, a lot of reasons for people to be like, "Uh, thank you but no thank you." Yeah. One time actually this is my favorite one. Again, a for creativity. This makes me think that it has to be the neighbor spreading rumors because I never get original little tidbits. At this point yeah. like every ghost is opening cabinet doors and knocking on the walls and that's
1: it yeah but i feel like also it's so random and specific that like the plywood or the the
2: two by fours
1: yeah like why would you make up that i mean what was the other original thing the fucking pennies the pennies and then
2: uh, apparently, the recliner in the home would open itself up and expand like someone was sitting in it. <laughs> That's really <laughs>
1: creepy. I don't like that either. It just sounds
2: like a really frugal carpenter lives there. Like he's just a <laughs>
1: frugal carpenter carrying yeah. his
2: pennies around, checking on his plywood, sitting on his bark lounger, he's showing off his, his two cents. <laughs> They're literally his two cents. His fucking cat hates you. And so, anyway, there. that was just another thing that happened where people saw the recliner open up on its own Ugh. which i gotta be
1: honest even if that was just like the the spring is broken or something it would terrify me <laughs> that would be that would be bad because that's like you know what the person is doing exactly like you can see how they would be or moving. what they want you to think they're up to that's true too they would be putting on a show for you
2: if i thought like oh i've got a ghost that just likes to sit in a chair i would be more likely to buy the place versus like oh they're opening up the recliner, so yeah. you think they're sitting there, but they're actually like up to something else with their Ew. pennies on the stairs. Yeah,
1: they're propping their feet up so that they can sneak past you and put all your wood planks upside down or something. Bingo. Uh,
2: also, apparently there was one prospective buyer. Prospective. Yikes. I was like prospe- a prospector. A prospector. Uh, someone brought their pet to the house while they were looking. That's too, actually
1: smart, it- I feel like. I never I thought think it's to do genius. that. Yeah. So bring
2: a child and or yes, an a Yes, a child
1: for sure.
2: Well, someone brought their dog, and the dog wouldn't even enter the building.
1: Goodbye. Turn so, around. That's how you know. And if there's cookies in there, like, then you know something's really up. You gotta leave. Here's what you do. You bring a dog, and
2: mm-hmm. you bring
1: a child. Mm-hmm.
2: In the kitchen area, you leave a big plate of, like, rotisserie chicken meat for the dog. And for <laughs> yeah. the kid, you leave, like, a bunch of candy. And if mm-hmm. neither of them touch any of that food on the counter during your tour of the house, that's a bad fucking sign. They were too uncomfortable to eat their favorite foods, you know? Yep. Yep. I'm just saying, like 101 for my reality class.
1: I was going to say, I'm taking notes. Don't worry. I know there's pop quiz at the end of the week. Well, you got the cookies thing. So you already hit
2: your, uh, you already got Aww. your extra credit for the semester. Yes. So uh, the next person to live there, eventually they finally fucking sold this place, was a pilot or a former pilot. His name was Ed. And
1: he- <laughs> like how you say that with <laughs> such disdain. I was like, Ugh.
2: I want him to have like a really cool name. Because you were really Ed. into
1: Big Tony. Uh, fucking
2: love- Big Tony. Mr. Ch- yeah. Mr. Chocoloni had a lot to say. I know. Speaking I of know. Mr. Chocoloni, uh, just really taking two topics and taking the widest bridge to them possible.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: We were talking about Tony Chocoloni, at least I fucking was. I've another reason. This isn't why I drink, but this is why Allison drinks this week is because I've recently gotten back into the depression phase where I'm obsessed with Cake Boss, which like oh yeah, I feel like we Great. we all at some point were in love with either Cake Boss or Ace of Cakes. Absolutely. And Cake Boss is more fun to me because of how like bizarrely like mm-hmm. I would love to go to a therapy session with him just to <laughs> he's just like so like bombastic and loud and in your face. I mean, they're like kind of doing like the we're a stereotypical like Italian family, like we're like loud and we shout with each other and all that. And they're always like Mia Familia. And so I fucking love it. It just gets me going. And poor Allison, since I got into this, she, I've really not actually seen her this annoyed with me in a long time, but I can't stop pretending I'm the cake boss. Oh, no, um, oh my God, stop. And so every time in the last, like, three days, Allison does anything, any fucking thing. I'm just, like, quoting the cake boss and not even oh realizing God. it. Oh God, what are you shouting? Every, she could do something very wonderful or very terrible, and every time I'm like, now that's Hoboken style, baby. <laughs> Stop it. You are very, very
1: annoying. And
2: like, and then if she does something bad, I'm like, oh, that's not Hoboken style, baby. That's not Hoboken style. Oh, I would probably punch your head. And so... <laughs> and uh, last night, Alice was like, something happened. But she, I, for like the last three days, she has wanted to completely twist my head around on my neck and just, compl- just end my life. And uh, anyway, I was thinking
1: Tony Chocolonian in my head every oh. time
2: I kept thinking like, the boss. That's the boss right there. Mia Familia.
1: Okay. I can't do it anymore. Thank you for bringing this to my attention.
2: That should be Allison for the last three days. Uh, last night I was like, can we watch The Boss? And she was like, Absol- absolutely literally
1: not. not. Also, absolutely can I... Not. Is there like a way where I can grade you i know it's your class (laughs) but i'd actually probably rather grade you this time
2: for a second i thought you were gonna say is there a way i can time travel five minutes back into time
1: where i didn't know about this i'd rather travel five minutes i'd rather travel five hours ahead so i can already start forgetting it but now that's hoboken style stop it i hate that (laughs) i don't know why i hate it but i hate it i hate it so very much
2: it just it fits with everything i do every time you either love it or you hate it that's, you know. i know that some of
1: our like diehard m fans are gonna be like i love it but like imagine living with with th- this behavior in a your lot partner. of people,
2: i do tell Allison a lot i'm like do you realize like other people like would kill to be sitting next to me hearing that hoboken style oh baby? my
1: god you're such an
2: and, and she's <laughs> like you need to get the fuck over yourself i'm like why i'm the boss what are you talking Stop. about
1: <laughs> do you know how many people would kill to sit next to me m schultz oh my god
2: not M Schultz, the boss I just want I want her to know that there are other people out there who would in unison shout now that's Hoboken style baby instead of complaining about it, you know like someone out there would. So just, I'm putting it out there. Do you there. want me it's, to
1: start reading our uh, one-star iTunes reviews and see, like, do a tally of how many people love it and hate it? That wouldn't be Hoboken style, baby. No. So I don't know about that. Um, no. Okay, moving on. Quickly. Uh, anyway. Ple- <laughs> quickly? Okay, I thought we passed the bar for quickly. But yeah, let's move on.
2: <sighs> okay, sorry. I just, I saw Tony Chocoloni and I was like, that's the boss right there. Okay, so where are we oh yeah ed
1: see that's why i said ed like that (laughs) that doesn't even it's nothing none of it is anything i was
2: like with the amount of serotonin that's been flooding through my veins with italian names lately i heard ed and i was like okay whatever just okay
1: why don't i just turn into eddie murphy and we'll do a little doctor do little business and then you can realize how much you hate you would hate to be next to me that
2: would be delightful oh my god wait
1: can you be eddie murphy <laughs> you and i i feel like i'm like oh i would hate that and then the second we were in the same apartment we'd be like oh to, like you and i would be the fucking worst like i act like i'm so annoyed but like christine, i know full well i would be immediately involved like that's the way you hate lemon but still are very involved with lemon it would be christine that's way.
2: why i'm 100 percent ignoring all your weird like your your like side <laughs> jabs in honor of allison because i know the second know. if it were you you me and allison in a room though you me and allison in a room the first half of the night you would be on her side and be like you're so fucking annoying and once like a couple glasses of wine kicked in you'd be like I'm the boss you better <laughs> <Poor Al. laughs> you would just be sitting there with like your empty bottles of wine and me and Allison on either side and you'd be like Mia Familia <laughs> <laughs> Poor Allison. I'm sorry. I tried really hard. I really did. Oh God. I if we were roommates, it really would be dastardly how many weird characters we would have for ourselves. Oh
1: my God. We would be the fucking uh what's his I name? I mean, look Acon? at us. We have a fucking podcast and we've got
2: Xenon and Lemon and all this bullshit. We never
1: stop ourselves. What's his name? Akon? No. <sighs> oh, Trey Songs? Trey Song. What is wrong with me? Akon uh, is the alien that Elizabeth Clara was dating. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> and the one who like featured my homecoming. Um, yeah. yeah, so uh, we would be like Trey Songs, but probably worse because we would just be shouting in fake Italian accents all the Much
2: time. Much worse. Much worse. Much worse.
1: Anyway, I appreciate you trying to defend my girlfriend, but we know
2: whose who's side you're on. I tried. That's Hoboken style, baby. Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Fuck.
2: Uh, <laughs> you can't stop it. You're going to go hate downstairs it. later. You
1: hate it because you're going to fucking do it later. Blaze and, and Allison are going to are gonna finally make their pact. and like, Don't even bucks.
2: explain that it has to do with the blast. Just from now on, whenever Blaze does something really great or really wonderful, just slip it in. See what happens. See what he I'm does. I'm going to try it and see.
0: offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter code DRINK.
2: And he could only renovate the house at night because at this point, so many people knew that the place was haunted, that they were disturbing him all day long, but he could only get shit done at night. Well, okay, great. You know what? That's not Hoboken
0: <laughs> style. <Stop! laughs>
2: but uh, so Ed, this is a quote from Ed. He said, I don't believe in the paranormal, but since I've been working on this place, I've felt very uncomfortable like someone's watching me. So even he's in on
1: I love when they're like, I don't believe it. But get this it's like okay right. come on you gotta like at one point admit that you believe it right
2: it's like you okay so you don't believe it but also Wink. you're paranoid yeah. got it ed also said one of his experiences when he started seeing things himself he said when i pull up in the driveway at night i see a man looking down at me from the window i would never enter that
1: home again <laughs> no
2: why would you and <laughs> why like, would you go inside uh, he is dressed in a brown jacket and a bow tie, like, from another time period. That sounds like Doctor Who. But also... It
1: does. <laughs> or Dr. Doolittle. Or Dr.
2: Doolittle. <laughs> but, like, if you... Truly, if you saw a silhouette of a man in your Mm-mm. home, why would you then go,
1: do-do-do, time for bed? Like, I don't believe in the paranormal, but sometimes I see this guy in my window. Especially, by the way, if you don't believe in the paranormal. True. Because...
2: If you don't believe in the paranormal, then you have to think that what you're seeing is a grown Who is human that in murderer. Your home. Yes. Exactly. That's none of it's good. None of it's Ed doesn't sound like he's the sharpest. Um <laughs> So Ed also reported seeing the ghost of Gerald Bettis, aka Dog Boy in the house. Apparently he would see Gerald staring at him, and every time he saw Gerald, he would also feel a cold wind on his neck.
1: <sighs> ah. That's not Hoboken style. It's certainly not. I don't know what it
2: is, but it isn't that. Here's a quote from him about seeing Gerald. He was this huge, I guess...
1: No, uh, wait, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, show me. Yeah. He was this huge. Was,
2: oh, <laughs> somewhere around, from here to here. What,
1: what, sh- what shitty journalist is that me being like, how big was he? This big. Okay.
2: Like, <laughs> wow. wrote that down? Uh, okay, oh so some, imagine my arms, like, stretching as far as possible. He was this huge. Uh, and a weird looking cat human. So that's interesting that he sees a cat, not a dog.
1: Oh wait, maybe he meant he's this he was this huge weird
2: looking uh, <laughs> That checks out. Uh he was this I'm not sure. No, I think that's what i think that's what happened that was some amelia bedelia reading right there okay no i followed right along with you i was like what an idiot <laughs> they shouldn't put a comma <laughs> after huge if you don't want me to pause that's you're right that's the problem he, right. he was this huge weird looking cat human there we go with long brown hair creepy eyes and great big arms and hands he walked right in front of me and glared at me and right after i saw him he walked through the hall and disappeared Sometimes I would hear something slam or someone walking across the floor, but I couldn't see anything. And I knew it was him letting me know that they were
1: there. Oh, God. And letting me know that they were, like, no, 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 no. But also this fucking no, no, guy. No. I
2: don't believe in the paranormal. Okay. Yeah, seriously. So
1: what, like, a, a cat dog man
2: is just hanging out in your house and you're like, Ugh. What a kooky neighbor.
1: Yeah. At that point, it's weirder to believe that that's just a a random. At some point, you're making yourself
2: look worse. If you're like, that's just my roommate I didn't invite in. My cat person. My cat man. So in 2005, uh, that's when I I don't know if that was when Casper investigated the house or if that's when Karen is just uh, talking about their investigation. But Karen was the lead researcher with Casper investigating the house at this time. They did two investigations. The first time they picked up a lot of cold drops and electromagnetic spikes that had no explanation. Karen also said that they were able to track something through the kitchen and one investigator felt something touch him. Um, This is a quote from Karen about the first investigation. When we went outside at one point to get some items from a car, we looked up and saw a face peering down at us. Okay, so the same window guy. Oh, yeah. All three of the team members witnessed the face in the window, but it was confirmed that nobody was upstairs at the time. The second investigation, they brought a medium with them who allegedly made contact with Gerald, and the medium says that Gerald cursed them and told them to get out. So that at least confirms or coincides with people saying they've seen someone screaming to get out of the house. Yep, yep. They also caught videos of orbs flying into walls and unexplainable flashes of light, and they got all of those on videotape, but eerily, all of those tapes went missing after the investigation. (gasps) What? Yeah. Yeah. That's bizarre. Also, there was uh, just to finish this off. There is one article. There were very few articles about this, by the way. So um, just to like put it out there, there was only like four sources that we we used. But there's an article called the Quitman, Arkansas ghost story, and it was written by Barbara Duncan. It was it's an online article, and people are still commenting on it, even though it was written back in like 2010 or something. And one of the comments from years ago says. The stories are true. I grew up in Quitman. My dad went to school with the dog boy. And that house has scared me since the first day that I saw it before I knew about the legend. They have been maintaining it to sell. I guess this was at the time when, like, they couldn't sell the house. They've they've been maintaining it to sell, but no one wants to live in that haunted house. The lady across the street, the neighbor, could tell you a thing Uh. or two about that house. And next time you go up there, you should bring your dog to see if he'll even go on the porch. (gasps) She'll tell you a thing or 8,000 She'll tell you a thing or a lifetime or the entire town history (laughs) Uh, or about her nephew who's moving in soon. (laughs) Two years later, Barbara, the author of the article, commented on the article. Oh, that's fun. I like how they're still checking, like, (laughs) years later. It's like, oh, let me see if I need to respond to anything. So Barbara commented on their own article saying that the person who knows the real story of Dog Boy, quote, would be the next door neighbor. Who is psychic? Well, I didn't see that coming. Wait, hold on. So, <laughs> <It's a laughs> last minute twist. Who is psychic and knows all about the inhabitants of the house? She is very interesting. Is how that's ended. Which I can con- can yeah. Confirm. I, I, the least shocking statement of this entire story. Only a couple years ago, now people are still responding to either Barbara's comment or to this article in general. And one person uh, said, "Quote." Gerald was a mean person. I know of him throwing and hitting uh, throwing and hitting Floyd, his father. Mm. Then he would abuse his mother, Aileen. I've seen her many times with a black eye at our reunions. Oh. The at is the internet at sign. Oh, uh, <laughs> of course. Things had to be his way or no way, but I was never afraid of him. He would barely speak. Okay. But so even in 2017, that was people are still commenting about how they themselves knew about Gerald and can confirm all of the awful stories about him. And even if no one can for sure say like how dark his behavior got in that house, no one is surprised that it has at least some negative energy there. So, yeah.
1: Anyway, that is the Bettis house featuring the dog boy. That was fascinating. And, I, you know, you think, like, when people are commenting in 2017, like, I knew him. I feel like that's so rare because when you hear about haunted houses, it's always, like, 300 years ago. Or, like, you know, yeah. in the 1800s, this woman. And, like, nobody can say, oh, I knew her. She was really fucking weird. But, like, yeah, the fact that there's a ghost that people know from. From real life is it's wild. very.
2: Um, I was just saying this to somebody, and I mean, there's like those regular tweets and memes that are always coming out about like, oh, how come you never like hear about like a 2007 Brittany Bo- Brittany Brittany Britney bitch. Spears ghost? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but like, but yeah, it's always interesting when people are still around to be able to confirm people that are said to haunt places. Now,
1: I think that's so interesting and like confirm their behavior in real life. I also to add to the story. I also wonder if ghosts
2: from like the 17 and 1800s that we all seem to see all the time. I wonder if people gave a shit about them back then, or do you think, like, in, like, the 1800s, the ghosts they were talking about were, like, from the 1500s, and they are like, Mm. why don't we ever see any modern 1800s ghosts? (laughs) Any modern ghosts, Maybe, like, you have to go through, like, a 300-year
1: purgatory before you can haunt again. And that's why
2: we haven't seen any 2000s people yet,
1: you know? Like, man, yeah, I wonder. Yeah, why don't you ever see a ghost playing the victriola you know that's what i always wonder (laughs) i also you know daily i would say
2: i think about that
1: (laughs) yeah i don't know i mean i guess we do see modern day ghosts like for when people like when people tell us their personal stories but i feel like it's still so few and far between
2: because you never hear of like known haunted manners yeah but i feel like that's because it hasn't had
1: enough time to like build that reputation like i'm sure in like 100 years all these places that are currently like haunted but not like huge stories might become more yeah famous i don't know because hmm. like an 1800s ghost has had many many hundreds of years to <laughs> build up its rep also build up its energy maybe you get stronger and more noticeable
2: over time or that i don't know sometimes i like to get really fucking existential with it and like really like i think i was meant for the stoner community and sometimes when with my own mm. thoughts because i'm like that is <laughs> a, a real mindfuck. But I like to include time travel into the afterlife sometimes mm-hmm. and think, like, what if I'm being haunted by my own ghost
1: and I don't oh, know Oh, I it? think that too. Like, go- people from the future.
2: Yeah. But then I'm like, yeah. if, if future me... Had the ability to haunt me and let mm-hmm. me know what was up, I would have fucking
1: done it by now. You'd know it by now. Yeah, I'd be like, know it.
2: you're right. Hello. But I do think about that or like my own guardian angels or when I feel like someone like protecting me, maybe it's like future me looking out to make sure I stay alive long enough to like do whatever mm-hmm. I need to. Anyway, we could talk about that shit forever and ever. And oh, ever. and
1: we will. We sure will. I guess we
2: have a show to do. We should start a second podcast where it's like the the after show of, <laughs>
1: and that's why we drink. The and that's why we drink after dark. That's we'll shop it. We'll shop it. Tm 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 tm. Anyway, there's the Bettis house for you. Love it. Okay, I have a story for you, M. This is the story of a serial killer, and his name is Sean Vincent Gillis. Okay. So he's not as well-known as you would think once you hear the story. I feel like you're going to be like, that's odd that I don't recognize this person. Oh, really? Because he's pretty prolific. But uh, I'm going to tell you anyway. So I got a lot of this from the True Crime All the Time podcast. Also, Crime Watch Daily posted a helpful video. And uh, as far as like warn- content warning, there's brutal violence and sexual assault, uh, as per usual. As <laughs> so, per usual, yep. Here we go. So we are going to Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and uh, the year is 2004. Oh, okay. So this is pretty wild. Within a 10-year period, Louisiana had five active serial killers. What? Wait. I know. Hang on. Say that again. Within a 10-year period, Louisiana had five active serial killers operating, and it's not a huge, hugely populated state. I mean compared to other you know Is there a bigger is, states is
2: there like a like a cultural historical reason for I don't that? Know. Like
1: honestly, I'm not sure. And it was so recent that like I wonder if anybody's even had the time to like properly study it.
2: Yeah, I was I was trying to think and this I, I was trying to think of like did something happen in Louisiana that like
1: messed with a lot of people or like really like Katrina? You know, but that was in two thousand six, so never mind.
2: I yeah. I I don't know. I not to say like hurricanes cause serial killers. But, like, I'm trying That to... is our... We're going to die on that hill. That's our new thesis <laughs> actually, statement. Actually, that... I heard that from the neighbor down the street from the Bennett house, Yeah, She's psychic, so.
1: by the way. So. so she knows what she's doing. She yeah. knows. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So on February 27, 2004, 43-year-old Donna Bennett Johnston was found in a drainage canal south of Louisiana University. She had been murdered, raped, and strangled, and her body had been badly mutilated. Uh, her breasts had been slashed, and oh. she had had a butterfly tattoo on her thigh, which had been cut out of her flesh. (gasps) Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Rough start. Rough start. Rough start. Yep. Okay. Times a thousand. (laughs) Um, A task force was established on March 3rd to look into Donna's murder, as well as a few other women who had also lost their lives in a similar fashion. Um, Some of those women had been linked to another serial killer named Derek Todd Lee, who's a much more famous and well-known serial killer. Um, I don't know if you recognize him, but I guess I just run in those circles, unfortunately. You you definitely, I'm sure you're right that they're well known, but I'm
2: just like, I like to think of myself as like the grandparent who you're teaching the apps to, but like... (laughs) I'm just like the clueless one with in terms of serial killer knowledge. Oh, it's always shocking when people are like, oh, well, you've got to watch this true crime thing or what are your favorite true crime documentaries?
1: And I'm like, I don't watch that stuff. I wait yeah, for- but that's kind of the point of our show, right? Like, is that you are the expert in ghosts and I do the true crime and we tell each other and we don't know about it. You know. I know, but it's it's still surprising how many people ask me for like true crime suggestions, and I'm like,
2: I got nothing. The whole point of the podcast <laughs> is Christine educates me in real time. I got I was no like Cake foe.
1: Boss, check it out. <laughs> like, I'm like, I could tell you what's Hoboken style, baby, but that's about it. That's as far as I go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, hit me up, folks. I've got all sorts of recommendations for you. I just started watching Dexter for the first time, so that's fun. oh,
2: I saw you post about that. I also I would. Because of you, I would suggest Prime Watch Daily because you mention that shit a lot.
1: They they post a lot of – it. it's, like, super-duper informative. So it's, like, very – it's, it's like, very – and also oh, – I'm trying to think of the name of the other one. Yeah, but it's very informative. So if you're, like, looking for, like, serious info, I think the more entertaining – like, Night Stalker was really good and terrifying – but also like keep you on the edge of your seat type of show mm. that's a new one on netflix anyway uh just hit me up on the ig and i'll tell you <laughs> um so anyway they established a task force a lot of the women who had been killed in a similar fashion were victims of derek todd lee who was like the more well-known and actually was named the baton rouge serial killer so uh when certain cases couldn't be linked to derek todd lee uh, who had actually been apprehended the previous year for his own murders, fear started to grow that maybe there was another serial killer on the loose. Uh-oh. Maybe they didn't realize at this point that, like, yeah, maybe four more, actually. <laughs> uh, five total. Well, to, but... to
2: their credit, I don't blame them for thinking, like, there's no, no way
1: there's five. I
2: mean, I it's like, I, I feel bad for them in hindsight when, like, they had no clue how bad it was sure. about to get.
1: Yikes. It truly, really, and, like, especially since they were killed in similar ways, it's almost like... You'd be like, no, please don't tell me. Like somebody's doing this in almost the same way. It's I don't so want to know, up. please. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. no. We already got the guy, but yep, it was somebody different. So what ruled Derek Todd Lee out is that the female victims uh, that they were finding now had DNA underneath their fingernails that did not match to him. But of course, when they put it through the database, it didn't match to anybody who had their DNA in the system. Ooh. So eventually, through some snoopery, uh, which we'll get into, on April 28th, they found their murder, and his name was Sean Vincent Gillis. So here's the story of good old Sean. Okay. Sean Gillis was born on June 24th, 1962, to Norman and Yvonne Gillis. His father suffered from alcoholism and had several mental illnesses, and this caused like a deep had a deep impact on his relationship with his wife and his son. Um, at one point he even held a gun to his son's head uh, when he was a young child Whoa. so just a lot of trauma in that way uh, but Norman put his family's fa- safety first and actually admitted himself into a variety of mental institutions Wow! and although that was to keep his family safe it ended up leaving his mother to raise Sean by herself and she had a job and uh, you know had to raise or had to make money to raise her son but also it's just a lot for for obviously a single mom to do sure um so despite the tumultuous relationship with his father gillis was really close with his mother and his grandparents so for all intents and purposes he had like a pretty decent upbringing like there wasn't anything i mean obviously there were some traumatic incidents but like there wasn't anything it wasn't as traumatic as you see a lot of serial killer's like you can see very clearly from day right. one, like
2: you know? more or less was an, an average upbringing, comparatively. Yeah,
1: Got like it. you wouldn't have been able to look at that kid and go like, "Oh, it's like right. something <laughs> terrible's gonna happen." He was one of the people yeah. where, in hindsight, everyone's like, "I
2: don't, I didn't see that coming."
1: Yeah, 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 and that's exactly what it was. So. Um, At 10 years old, Yvonne and Sean moved to a nearby neighborhood, and she worked really hard to get Gillis out of public school and into a Catholic elementary school, Um, and although she really thought the world of him, a lot of the neighbors and his schoolmates thought he was a bully, but that, unfortunately, wasn't the worst of it, so gillis and two of his friends actually became interested in satanic worship oh. and well there that's were simple... us on the playground am i right <laughs> i know and it actually is because interestingly enough they didn't like do it but they went and watched other people do it which i feel like would be you and that's me exactly like, i just want to see what would
2: happen that's exactly my comfort zone i'd be like listen totally. i'll go hang out with a coven i don't want to totally be involved in it but like i want to be on the bleachers if y'all got some of those conjure up a bleacher yeah, em and i are bringing yeah. snacks oh okay I would love to be, like... Actually, can we just consider ourselves now, like, the PTA of covens? I was gonna
1: say, the soccer... I'm the soccer mom. I want to bring the, the orange dad. slices to keep your energy yes. up. That's, and by orange slices, you mean gushers, and I'll bring a wine bra, and we'll be the soccer parents. But but the, the satanic... If your coven needs, hmm. like, sports parents to cheer you on... We're in it. I'm We're fucking on it.
2: down. We need jerseys. Cause, We're your people. Because we make a good team.
1: We make but yours
2: wink, would look wink. better than mine because you're out of my league but i mean like <laughs> other than that like, whatever ah. just just yeah. if you happen to be a witch and you're going to like your your weekly meeting soon pitch
1: it see what happens and i'm not saying that that's satanic i'm not saying that those are the same thing to be clear we're not saying if no you're I, in a coven, I just it's satanic, I, f- I feel
2: like we happen to be associated with more covens we're more we have- comfortable with like a, a healthy witchcraft lifestyle than like we just have a better That's chance satanic. at making it as the PTA members.
1: Valid. If, valid. So I'm I, switching it over to Coven. Got it. Okay. Because, yeah, this was definitely Satanic, which I'm sure Em and I would love to go and watch as well, but probably be a little more scared of. Um,
2: I, just out of pure ignorance. But
1: I would love to be like the PTA who really fuck it,
2: like the member who educates the shit out of myself.
1: Yeah, yeah. So we would definitely be this person, but they would go they'd watch uh locals engage in the rituals of satanic worship. Um, and they smoked pot together so that was like the extent of kind of his that and like bullying he was like not a great kid but it wasn't anything like truly hurt like he wasn't collecting dogs or whatever the hell that other guy (laughs) was doing gerald he was just Um, a
2: pta dude he was just a dad currently he's just a
1: pot smoking dad it just it just it turns real sour real quick it does it certainly does so, however, everything kind of went south, as Em said, the following year when, okay, so Sean's father kind of came back into his life when he was 17, and he hadn't been in a, hadn't had a relationship with him in a long, like, since he was a kid. So he and his father became pretty close, but that all kind of turned sour when Sean discovered his dad's collection of photos of naked men in various sexual positions, mm. and he and his father just kind of went their separate ways, and he was no longer interested in a relationship with his dad. Um, After graduating from high school, Sean got a job as a clerk in 7-Eleven stores, and he spent pretty much the rest of his life working as kind of a clerk. That was sort of his go-to job position.
2: Clerk life, clerk life.
1: You live in that clerk life, you know? You know, we all do, we all do. He apparently hated it, but that's just what he did. So um, he said instead of working, he preferred sitting in front of his new computer to watch porn, but not just any old porn. So he was a very big fan of porn that featured rape death and dismemberment of women uh yeah so that was his go-to and as you can imagine his obsession with pornography affected his job his other responsibilities he would skip work like he would miss an entire shift because he was just addicted to watching this violent porn on his computer and remember this was like a while ago so this in the 90s so this is like aol dial-up days i was gonna say how did he get access to this kind of stuff back
2: then oh i mean i mean i don't you know I don't what need they to say know, but
1: you know what they say is that technology is always driven by humans like desire for porn and sex so like even with vr the first thing they do is figure out how to turn it into porn and sex i mean can confirm so like the second internet existed i don't i wait a minute hang on i said wait, can yeah confirm what? A, <laughs> I, what i yikes
2: okay <laughs> I what I meant is like I'm aware that like one sex sells and two I'm Allison and I are watching that show upload where like literally we just watched a whole episode about virtual sex suits yeah and my my mom when I got the uh, Oculus Quest and I like lost my mind at like the technology of it my mom was like I wonder when the sex industry is going to take over
1: so oh they did already yeah I'm I, look, sure. I read an article about it it's fascinating it's the first thing they do because that's just how humanity what we what we're driven by i guess anyway Um, what i said can confirm i did not mean mm, like oh i know all about that we heard about your vanilla lifestyle don't
2: worry
0: thank you
1: i felt the need to defend my vanilla-ness very quickly yeah yeah uh but basically he i mean you know internet existed like there were definitely porn sites it was just like old school like you had to You'd watch it, like, on the phone. line by line uh, as it uploaded. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. Do you remember that? I sure I do. I fucking hated that. <laughs> the lines would. Oh, God. Okay. Okay. Not of porn, to be clear. We're not talking about porn. We're talking about like neopets. I mean, okay, I mean, just that, I,
2: when I was a kid, when I was a teenager. Yeah, <laughs> but not, not the same kind that this guy's up to.
1: Our own experience. But I do. Re- right.
2: I do remember the picture having to upload and like, oh, it was God. the family computer. So that took a lot of courage. And also like your like, like mom could walk down any second and need the computer. Like the desktop. I mean, really. And you're waiting it's for like- the image to upload to like download. No, just, oh, it was just the worst experience.
1: Kids to with- pull an old person phrase. Kids these days will never know how easy they have it with their cell phones. With their cell phone you know? porn. That they can watch porn on their cell phones without any sort of interruption. I watched my mom. I
2: watched my mom teach my grandpa about cell phone porn, which sounds really wild. <gasps> but like he he was shocked at technology. He was like, "Wow, you could do anything on the internet." She was like, "I mean, you could literally get like you have porn your mom in- is.
1: I like how your mom's first always first instinct always is, sex. Let's discuss the porn part. She's the common denominator in the fact that sex yeah. sells. But my yeah, my, my
2: grandpa, when, like, an iPhone first became a thing, he was like, wow, internet. And, and my mom said something like, I mean, people literally have porn in their pocket these days. And he was like, oh, they don't have that. And she was like, give me your phone. I'll fucking show Pornhub. you.
1: Pornhub.com. <laughs> She's like, wait, let me log in real my, quick. Linda. <laughs> dot...
2: <laughs> Linda.aol.com. <laughs> no, but uh, my I just remember watching my, my poor, sweet, innocent grandfather's eyes just completely, like, flood just with shock. Oh, Linda,
1: you're always ruining everyone's innocence. <laughs> she really wants uh she really wants people added to her team, I guess. Man. Well, uh anyway. We really derailed. I'm so no, sorry. No, I'm so sorry. It's all good. I'm just saying uh yeah, it was old school, but he he spent all his time on the computer watching really fucked up porn, um, to the point that he risked his own job. Uh, So in 1992, Sean's mom, Yvonne, took a new job in Atlanta. And when Sean said he didn't want to go with her, uh, he was an adult at this point. So she left him behind to live on his own. But she continued to pay his mortgage on the house that they had lived in. So he stayed in the house and she moved. And sometime after his mother left, according to neighbors, he began to act pretty strange. So, for example, some people saw him yelling at the sky, cursing his mother, like, out in the street at the sky really bizarre behavior huh okay um just the kind of thing where you like close your blinds you know you're like oh okay Yeah, but
2: you, you close them, but, like, you keep but one you, of the you blinds keep, open. Well, right, you keep
1: your eye through the blinds, yeah. Keep, sure. keep the blind closed, but the window open so you can still hear what's happening. And you know? your cell phone recording, because, like, I'm going to show Em later, and we're going to talk it about is. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so there were a lot of disturbing events happening at, after this. He was caught peeping into a female neighbor's house, and when asked what he was doing, he claimed he was looking for his cat, which is, I imagine, some form of, f- form of clever wordplay. I'm not sure. Mm, uh see but after that he would bang on people's doors late at night at one point he was standing outside banging on garbage cans and the police came and when they arrested him he told he asked the police asked why are you making such a ruckus and banging on these trash cans and he said because i don't have a girl so he was desperate for i guess female affection uh he was he was really leading with that, it seems. I guess. Yeah. I mean, not that this is explaining much of the behavior, but that seems to be his his MO. His go-to. His public go-to. Yes. His public excuse. Right. So two years later, he met a woman named Terry Lemoyne, who worked as a convenience store clerk, and they met through a mutual friend. And Terry later remembered that her best friend walked in and said, Sean, this is Terry. Terry, this is Sean. Y'all have everything in common. Y'all should get to know each other and uh this best friend uh reckoned they would both get along because of their love of sci-fi and star trek but she didn't quite realize how Terry. much they had different <laughs> not just <laughs> how many alike. things they also
2: didn't have in yeah common. exactly yeah. they
1: kind of outranked what they did have in common um there's only so far you can go with the shared love of star trek is is what i imagine
2: that's what i always say
1: i know you say it all the time actually it's getting really one annoying. day people will listen One day. one day um so the relationship was actually platonic because as terry remembers it sean didn't believe in sex and had been taught that it well to be fair he went to catholic school so like yeah we are taught to not believe in sex so maybe that's part of it uh sean didn't believe in sex and had been taught that it was a nasty thing and he shouldn't do it um and again obviously there's I don't, I don't know I'm saying again, and I haven't said this yet, but there's nothing wrong with being in a platonic relationship, of course. But in the context of he was watching like really violent porn pretty much all day, every day, um, right. it's just like a telling red flag, I guess. Sure. So eventually, Terry moved into Sean's house with him, the one that, that his mom paid the mortgage for. And she continued working at the convenience store. He would drive her there, pick her up. Um, they spent a lot of time together. And when they moved in together, that year was the year that Sean Vincent Gillis killed his first victim. Mm. And to be clear, it was not Donna Bennett Johnston, the one I mentioned earlier with the tattoo. Uh, there were many more before her. So, great, I know. So start from square one. Uh, his first victim was actually 81-year-old Anne Bryan. Oh, I know. It's pretty dark. Um, She lived at an assisted living facility across the street from his work in Baton Rouge, and she was an artist, musician, and enjoyed playing bridge with her friends, and he entered her apartment on March 21st, 1994 via her front door, which Anne left open because she wanted to allow her nurse easy access into her place. That's so sad. Isn't that so sad? And it's like, she's never had a problem. Her nurse comes in and helps her out. It's the 90s. She plays bridge. She's an artist, and like... He just waltzes right on in.
2: It's also really sad when, like, obviously, if anyone is ever attacked, it's, it's, I'm not trying to compare situations here, but it is especially awful when it's someone who is more or less helpless and that, like, they keep the door open. They probably aren't moving around a lot or, I mean, not to say that, like, Younger people, I feel less bad for or anything. It's just
1: like, it's just. No, it's just they're more vulnerable. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know? Yeah. No, I totally get it. And like, you're just taking advantage of the fact that this person is a vulnerable member of society. Who's and doing is nothing trusting. wrong and is like, yeah. like, is like,
2: just so sweet and like has a great reputation. It's just, ew, gross. And is
1: trusting of society and it's just really yeah. fucked up. Yeah. yeah. So, according to Sean, he initially only entered her home in an attempt to rape her. But when she screamed, he panicked and slashed her throat and then stabbed her around 50 times in the head, genitals, and chest.
2: (gasps) Oh, my God.
1: Yes. Wow. Um, So the sheer amount of wounds to her head nearly decapitated her. her, Oh, my God. And she was almost disemboweled. (gasps) That's how many times he stabbed her. Wow. That's some fucking anger right there. Really fucking brutal. And he very... Very intentionally stabbed her breasts, genitals, Yeah, like intentionally. So uh, that tells you something. And this was his first murder. So he had never even done anything like this before. Oh, my God. Um, Wow. So police, I know, it's just a terrible start. So police at the time had no clue who was responsible for this. And meanwhile, Sean was at home just basically becoming more and more obsessed with violent porn that depicted rape, death, dismemberment. And he even showed Terry, his girlfriend, like the porn he was watching. And she was like, um, no, thanks. I'm not interested in that. And on the one hand, it's like, you know, just because someone's interested in something online doesn't mean that they're acting this out right, in real life. Right. But it was definitely a red flag to her of like, okay, I guess let's keep having this platonic relationship because I'm not interested in that kind of right sexual behavior. <laughs> sure, sure. So she knew that he watched this. And some people say, like, well, then how did she not know he was a serial killer? But it's like, those don't necessarily equate. Like, there are plenty of people who watch fucked up porn and don't go out and slash 81-year-old women to death. Yeah, you know? just because someone is into it. And don't say can confirm. because No, 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 no. <laughs>
2: but <laughs> just kidding. But, uh, you know, yeah, that's definitely, that porn exists because someone's into it. Yeah, there's an audience. There's an audience. It doesn't mean that that's something they actually do. Maybe it's just their own mental escape in some way it's Who just knows? their
1: thing right everyone's got a thing everyone's got a thing I tell you what just ask Glinda just ask Glinda <laughs> she'll tell you <laughs> she knows it all I'll she tell you knows what knows it all <laughs> so after the murder of Anne Bryan uh Sean wouldn't kill for another five years so I guess he got his first fix and then waited another half a decade interesting I know. So on January 4th, 1999, the body of Catherine Hall, age 30, was found murdered and naked at the end of a dark rural road. And according to a documentary uh, on Crime Watch Daily, the most horrifying fact was that she was found on her back in a kind of balletic pose. So like ballet like,
0: mm. like
1: kind of dainty ballet. That's pretty. Uh, awful. a balletic pose next to a dead end sign, which was thought to be uh. his sort of sick sense of humor oh no isn't that gross that's fucked up yeah and one more horrifying detail about the discovery according to detective barry white he had sex with her after she was dead which i'd like to insert my own commentary which is this is called rape not right he had sex with her but sure okay he raped her after she was dead uh very close examination of her mouth showed that there was a pubic hair with a root ball which is like sounds disgusting but it's like the the root of the hair right 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 uh it had the the root ball, which allowed for full DNA testing. Well, at least but that. that being said, yes. Yeah, so they had a DNA sample, exactly. But unfortunately, uh, he wasn't in the system, so there was no way to kind of tie it back to him. But again, they knew it was not Derek Todd Lee, so they were like, "Well, shit, yeah, somebody it's somebody different." It's
2: such a very it's such a such a small silver lining, but at least at least they got DNA.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yikes. Um. So another four years later. Well. You'll see, because it seemed like four years later, but it turns out later on he admitted to other murders that occurred within that four-year period. But at the time, it seemed like another four years later, um, after the discovery of Catherine's body, according to Detective—oh, sorry. No, wait. I'm reading the wrong bullet again. (laughs)
2: Look. Look.
1: Uh-huh, uh-huh. at least
2: i'm just impressed you can read so
1: oh thanks i've worked really hard in your class so yeah. i appreciate you teaching me I know it.
2: that's why my my in my reality course all of the manuals are picture books because
1: i oh right i wouldn't expect anything else they're also scratch and sniff which is super fun
2: they sure are They sure are
1: <laughs> oh okay so anyway, seemingly another four years later, uh, the killer struck again. So on October 9th, 2003, Johnny May Williams, a mother of three and an avid baker, was found face down in the woods decomposing. And it was actually a little boy who found her. Ugh. He ran to tell his father. And at first the father said, don't play around. But when the father went over to see what the boy is like insisting he found, he finds exactly what the boy insisted he found, which is a dead body. And according to the police, Uh, Gillis had posed her looking for the shock factor so her this is so gross I'm sorry her legs had been sliced down the back and the front um, and she had her arms folded under her so when she was rolled over her arms fell out and her hands had been cut off so they like (gasps) rolled out of the body oh isn't this just like that's really next level gruesome I mean this is like the Dexter show I'm watching like it's so fucked up And psychologically,
2: I want to know, like, what the what the message there is and like what what's causing him to want to go, quote, above and beyond in such a sick way.
1: Yeah. And you know what? Later, he actually wrote a letter. I don't think I have it in my notes, but later he actually wrote a letter to the best friend of one of his victims. And it might have been her, actually. And he said, I don't know what in me like drives the need for this kind of like violence and sadism like he literally said i'm not sure what like he recognized it almost like i can't figure out why i have this need this urge he's like
2: i also don't fucking get it
1: yeah he's like trust me i don't get it either
2: it's just it's like it's it feels i mean i'm i'm no no fucking expert but it feels like he wants to stand out and be different from anyone else that's done this stuff i mean to to go that to be that I don't want to really use that word, but to be that extra yeah. in the the posing and have, like, the shock value mm-hmm. dead-end sign and then to, like, mm-hmm. plan ahead so when they roll her over she, her hands, she, you realize she doesn't have hands. I mean, it just feels like, I want you to fucking remember me. Well, you're, this isn't yeah. your, your everyday murder, you know?
1: Well, you're completely onto something because he did have, like, a hang-up. He had, like, um, an insecurity about Derek Todd Lee because oh. he was compared to him but was, like always always wanted to outdo him and was always scared that Derek Todd Lee was going to outdo him I'm pretty sure I'm BD Wong from Law and Order then I mean I just <laughs> if you were BD Wong I would have a much much greater obsession with you sorry <laughs> I'm, um unfortunately maybe it'll develop over time but fingers
2: crossed I but I I really I that in that moment I was like that psychology degree really no, you
1: fucking hit really... the nail on the head thanks mom for the for all that college uh, support <sighs> you gave me Em, um, you got to watch Mindhunter. That's like, you got to watch it. I know you don't watch the true crime, but it's so good.
2: I know, I
1: know. Ah, okay, so in any case, where are we? Right, the hands fell off. So even though our hands were cut off, um, an inspection of the body, a human hair was found on her, and they could tell it belonged to a Caucasian male. So it seemed like it was the same person who had struck several years before. And then he would strike again, thankfully, for his final time on February 27, 2004. So now we're back to Donna Bennett Johnston with the tattoo. Okay. So two residents were looking for their dog when they stopped at a bridge and saw what appeared to be a white female lying face down in a ravine, uh, which would later be determined to be only blocks from Sean Gillis's home. It was Donna Bennett Johnston mentioned earlier. And it became apparent to police that this was the act of the same killer of the two previous crimes. And as I mentioned earlier, she had a butterfly tattoo on her leg and the tattoo had been, like, carved out of her leg, which is, like, sick. Um, From the inspection, police knew that Donna fought her murderer, so they found his DNA under the fingernails of her right arm. And I specify right arm because her left arm was missing. (gasps)
2: Oh, wow. (sighs) It's almost like
1: each of these crimes is, like, so sadistic but they're different like he does something different each time you know
2: yeah i mean it's like it's definitely it makes me wonder this is a really sick thing to say and i'm not trying to sound funny i i really am not but it sounds like he's almost going for creativity there like it's like and i i mentioned it earlier and that like he wanted to like stand out yeah but it's almost like he kept having like he was almost in competition with himself yeah by the yeah end. like Trying to
1: be like, okay, like how do I make upping. this one
2: how do I make this one more shocking than the last? How do I make yeah. this one more shocking than the
1: last? So Well and I also wonder if it's like him trying to figure out his own like perversions or his own desires oh. because I feel like over time he developed this MO and like with this uh with this murder they later found his, the left arm at his home, and he had been using it to masturbate. So, like for that, I, he used it okay. fully for himself. So, I wonder if, like over time, he was like, you know, what would be great for me this time, or you know, developing. That's like interesting. Six...
2: I was going to say too, like um, when like the the tattoo was missing, I was like, did he save it? Like, did he use? Yeah, it? It I like don't a, know.
1: Because you know, That's a great A lot of
2: murders will like take something from the trophies. crime scene the yeah. trophies. Or I was even thinking, do you think he goes into each murder? knowing already what he's gonna do or on the fly he's like okay i'm gonna take your arm off or did he plan that that's
1: a good question because he left hairs on the body so he wasn't like super duper careful yeah it feels impulsive Uh, like he left dna yeah and uh but yeah you wonder if he planned it ahead because with the arm too that he brought home he um painted the fingernails and like gave it a manicure like it's just gross and then he used it to masturbate so Uh, who knows what the fuck was going through his head um interesting bd wong are you gonna help me no? Okay. i got nothing
2: bd wong this is this is the stumper <laughs> this is why bd wong kind of take like a, a second
1: senior year or something like you mean go to the fbi and get a phd after okay. after his victory <laughs> lap he had a little success yeah, yeah 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 got it okay after his victory lap um so according to police uh okay wait let's, let's see where am i so oh, they the found lab. donna her tattoo was missing. Her arm was missing. So now police have four women who have been murdered and horribly mutilated. And they know it was probably the same person because of the MO and geography. And as mentioned before, police are armed with a lot of DNA evidence from under the fingernails. So they, when they run the DNA, again, it doesn't match anybody. It does, however, match the DNA from the other three. So they're determining all four of these victims were killed by the same man. Got it. So investigators return to the crime scene, and they are, like, looking around to see if anything around where they found the body could give them any sort of clue, and there, pressed into the mud, was a clue that they almost missed, and it was a tire track. Wow. Okay. I know. Something I never, I would have stomped right on over that Oh, tire I would have rolled over with my own car and mixed it all we up. We would have driven would've... over the tire track. <laughs> like, mm. oh, now back to my hunch, right. as John Mulaney would say. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I don't want to get out of the car. I'm just going to drive over there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, boy. So they find this tire track um, in a cow pasture, and it was a Goodyear tire. And thank God they made a cast of the tire and found that it was a very rare tire wow. that was m- manufactured very brutally briefly and barely ever sold fucking lucky i know that's like so lucky exactly it's not just like some costco special you know (laughs) um i say that because i'm getting new tires next week because i my car doesn't know what snow is interesting Um, okay (laughs) it's it's really good for me and my
2: anxiety make sure you get the most commonly used tire yeah you're right they can ever find you also the person who made like made the first like like rubber mold of a tire track for a murder case must have felt like a fucking genius yeah be like
1: let me get some my kids doing a uh what are they called when they put Plaster, like a, uh, a paper mache. Paper project. mache. Let me get some of that glue and put it in this tire track. Can you
2: imagine? Like, I like. I like to think that the person who did the first like casting was probably like his dad like didn't believe in him for his art passion <laughs> oh, yeah and then he was like i'm gonna change the fucking world and he solves a murder yeah he wanted he to go to art school art so
1: much. <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. Yep. that's yep. such a good point i i love that tmtm we're gonna write a story about it a, a movie yeah
2: perfect I, we're gonna we're, we're gonna end it where like it's the thanksgiving dinner where he tells his dad like what he's been up to at work
1: and he's like oh. his dad's so impressed by like this case that has been solved and then if he finds out his son solved it was it. me dad yep it was me it was, all along it was
2: me all along you'll see they'll all see you'll see
1: <laughs> they'll all see <laughs> wow now he sounds like he's becoming a murderer that'll be the second film in the series that's the spinoff yeah, that's and the then spin-off.
2: they and then they use his his own tactics
1: against him to solve his i murder. see they're like he loves that plaster paris uh also <laughs> pretend you heard nothing because this is spoiling the entire film series so don't worry <gasps> Just, oh, oh, oh. I thought you meant spoiling
2: sorry. this. I thought you meant spoiling no, this. Oh, I'm sorry. Honestly, that like, would have been. Not only am I BD Wong, I'm you're... also a best selling author. You're the...
1: <laughs> and you're that psychic neighbor who knows exactly what's about to happen. I have so many great
2: qualities this week. You are oh my gosh. so
1: disturbingly many different personalities. Um, it's the truth. So, okay, they find this tire track, and it turns out that there are only a couple hundred sets of this particular tire that have been sold in the area so they wow. have about 200 people on a list and they're like go through every one of these people and rule them out until we find the guy so the task force goes and talks to everybody who has purchased these tires within the last 12 months and uh sean gillis is number 26 on the list
2: wow that, i know that's also also very lucky that they were able, able He's pretty to, like, close to the top. <laughs> shave down so much time because they could have had to do that another like seven times or something. I wonder so- if
1: it's alphabetical because G is pretty early oh. in the alphabet. I wonder. I don't Interesting. know. Interesting. I'm not sure. Interesting. Um, a lot. So they ask them to go talk to everybody who bought these tires and get a DNA swab from their, like an oral sample, an oral DNA swab from everybody. So ultimately they interview Sean. He's one of the people on the list. And sure enough, he's called in to be interviewed. And uh, he was unemployed at the time, and police remember him being very soft-spoken, very intelligent, according to officers who interviewed him. He had no criminal history. He came across as a mild-mannered science fiction geek and was even wearing a Star Trek USS Enterprise belt buckle at the time. So yeah he was a fucking
2: nerd i was gonna say i thought it said t-shirt
1: and i was like okay i wear t-shirts that oh a belt buckle that's next level buckle. fandom yeah that like you have to f- go out of your way to find a belt
2: buckle I, for all my fandoms i don't i don't have a single belt buckle so me neither Inter-
1: yeah and we are such fair weather that fans. that guy's
2: really he's a committed a committed sci-fi he's nerd. hardcore yeah yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. So, uh, sure. So blah, blah, blah. They interview him and they, at first they were like, okay, I guess technically like he hypothetically got away with it. There's nothing on first impression that was like a huge red flag until he says to officers, um, as he's like getting ready to leave, he tells them that he actually knew Johnny May, who was one of the victims. And they were like, oh, oh, let's whip out our handy dandy
2: notebooks and write that down.
1: (laughs) oh that sounds important and he said he used to pay her to clean his house sometimes which was actually true and so they were like that's odd and he even admitted then to being near donna johnson's particular crime scene and when they asked why he said oh you know my tire tracks actually might be in that field it's like he was
2: almost trying to like excuse himself before they could
1: give him a chance that's yeah that's what i get the sense of
2: like he's trying to like own up to some stuff that way it looks like he's not shocked and guilty later yes
1: so if they can prove they're his tire tracks he's already given a quote explanation as to why they're there he's beating them to the punch yeah Yeah, which like don't say a word folks like if they're asking (laughs) these questions if you didn't do it if you murdered someone let's tell everybody by all means but if you didn't just wait for your damn lawyer. Don't mm-hmm. say a damn word. Mm-hmm. Um, so he admitted that his tire tracks might have been there. And they were like, why? And he said, oh, well, you know, I had some beer and needed to go to the bathroom real bad and knew I wasn't going to make it to the house. You know what I'm saying. My bladder was how they put it. Cheech and Chong put it one time. My eyes are floating. That's how I felt. Uh, so they're nice. Sure. Yeah. So they were basically like, okay, he has weird excuses that he's giving us before we even blame him for anything that he knew but or he knew one of the victims and he may have had tire tracks right near the second body like a little fishy Uh uh-huh um so they're like red flag red flag but they can't necessarily keep him because they don't have proof so they finally got a warrant they uh searched his car and they found blood in the car and don't worry, he explained it.
2: I was not worried because he seems like he's really good at explaining things.
1: Do you have a guess? Like, just take a fucking guess at what he, what his excuse was for why there was blood in his in his car.
2: Um, I want to say something as simple as like a nosebleed, but
1: hmm. you're you're uh, you're on the right track. Uh, well, he was
2: flossing too hard. <laughs>
1: that's a good one. What um, that
2: would if if you ever find blood in my fucking car, I promise it was It's of probably because because I was that. flossing, not even that hard. It just all my guns just
1: fucking suck.
2: Yeah, my, my mouth just exploded
1: at the thought of flossing. That's what <laughs> um, so he told police that his wife had been on her period. I was okay. I I did think it, and I did not. Watch I knew. It. I had okay. a feeling you were on the right track with that because um, it just sounds like the dumbest excuse on the planet. Um, and I, I met his girlfriend. Sorry, not his wife. Um, but. He said about a month after we got the car, my girlfriend got her period. She had her period and it just soaked through the front car seat. I mean, it's like I said, it looked like a massacre in that front seat. And nice, cute, Great. charming.
2: Well, also also like I feel like that's not good enough. The reason I was going to not say nosebleed is because like can't you just check that so quickly, like match the DNA?
1: Oh yeah. And don't worry. There were there were more questions before they even checked because they said, "Well, why is there blood all over the back seat?" uh-huh and do you have a guess as to how the blood got in the back seat? she was ashamed and threw her underwear in the back no that's something. a better excuse than he gave which is that the wind was really strong that day and it blew good night it blew her period her blood out of her vagina and into the vaccine. <laughs> So
2: it so when first of all, we're just gonna ignore defying physics and defying then
1: physics
2: got, went through the went through the car from the window, scooped underneath her and then wasn't strong enough to lift a human body but definitely <laughs> wiped her clean like. Cinderella and a chimney just got rid of it all and it all ended up in the back. Well, you're
1: actually on the right track, but you didn't totally get the whole physics of it. So what happened, Em, uh, let me explain it like Bill Nye would. So what happened is she had her period, you know, it got all over the front seat and then suddenly the wind picked up, right? And the gust of wind, Obviously. you know, she was surfing the red wave, as I like to say, on my baseball cap. I, sh- I know it. Oh, here it is. Let me put it on real quick to explain. This is my handy-dandy period hat. Okay.
2: And what's her name? La Roja something? Surfer Roja. Rojo. Surfer, Surfer Rojo. Rojo.
1: Okay. Surfing the red wave. So essentially, right, she starts bleeding. The wind picks up, and it goes out the window, and then back into the window. It goes into the Oh, basement. so it's not going... Okay, so it's not actually
2: going... Over the middle console. Exactly. It's going loop-de-loop around the window. Right. It's doing like half a figure eight. Yep. Yeah. Back into the car because a little semicircle. Now that's fucking stupid. That's so fucking dumb. He said In that in that
1: moment, if I were the cop, I would have been like, turn around, please. I would have been like, (sighs) I quit. This is so dumb I can't even hear anymore. I quit the force. (laughs) Goodbye. I I would have been like, um, just put your hands behind your back. (laughs) Just walk into jail now, please. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, he said that his girlfriend's period blood flew out the front seat window, then flew back into the car to land in the back seat. So the police immediately called for a search warrant of his entire house, and uh, they called the crime lab to prioritize processing his DNA swab. The lab worked super fast, and in the time they had to wait for the test results to come back, the police were worried that Gillis might run or might kill again. So after several excruciating hours waiting, the phone rings and it's a crime lab and they say, it's him. So they're like, got him. So Bada bing, bada boom. Bada now that's Hoboken bing. style, baby. <laughs> yeah, the boss has spoken. Um, <laughs> so they call a court judge to get a warrant for the arrest. And on April 29, 2004, at 1.20 a.m., 1 20 a.m they burst into his house to arrest him a SWAT team enters to find gillis in bed with his girlfriend terry as they enter terry's obviously startled has no idea why a SWAT team is in their house she begins yelling what's going on what's going on and according to terry sean just looks at her shrugs his shoulders and says sorry honey bunny <gasps> good
2: night which Ew, apparently is a
1: quote from uh, pulp fiction which they, someone uh-huh. says in Pulp okay. Fiction, which I learned from uh, True Crime all the time, because I'm not cool enough to remember that from the movie.
2: Can you imagine being this fucking woman, by the way, in history, <sighs> where, like, now she has to be like, yep, I'm the one whose period flies around like oh a fucking my bird. God, I didn't even and think I- about- She's like, you said what? <laughs>
1: That's right. I'm the bloody honey bunny. That's the me. bloody honey
2: bunny. That does sound like Pulp Fiction, Put actually. that on a hat in Spanish. Hang on a second.
1: Uh. so then one of the SWAT teams says to Terry, didn't you know you're living with a serial killer? Which is like... Okay, shut up, guy. And she remembers just laughing and saying, boy, do you have the wrong house? Because she literally didn't believe it. She was like, what are you talking about? Um, So later, once Sean had been taken into the police station, uh, while still in a state of disbelief that the police were accusing her boyfriend of these heinous crimes, she went in to speak to him. And she said, like, Sean, how did you kill three people? And he said, oh, there were eight. And so she apparently, like, collapsed on the floor. And he said, sorry, honey bunny. Again.
2: again okay it's like the joke didn't land the first time it's not yeah,
1: nobody got it bud no one
2: got it <laughs> bunny or whatever bunny bunny <laughs>
1: Oh so then Terry was like so shocked because at first she's like well now I feel like shit because he's murdering these women and I didn't even have a clue you know and so in retrospect she does remember that once she was in the car with him and he had like the car had an awful odor in it and she was like "What is does that smell and he told her he had hit like roadkill like he had hit an animal and she went back to bed and he went and cleaned the car. And it turns out later he had been driving her around with one of the bodies in the trunk. That's just the worst. I mean, I've
2: I no personal experience here, but it feels like the, like hindsight knowing that you were so close to a really fucking yes. awful situation. is And just like, li- like sleeping next to him, you know? The like, second just- I found out about that that I was driving around in a car with a corpse I'd be like aha well thank god my therapist is on speed dial because here I go <laughs>
1: That's thank it. god my fer- my menstrual blood can defy gravity because uh, it needs Cause to take me away it's about,
2: I'm about to ride it like
1: a magic carpet on the way to therapy surfer red surfer <laughs> right, surf it on out of there surf the wave out the window I tell you truly. so uh, on another occasion she noticed that he was racking up a lot of miles like on the odometer mm. and she wanted to know who he was driving around with thinking he was cheating on her but as police later said he wasn't cheating he was hunting <gasps> and that's how uh, that's not, he got all those miles that's
2: not the word we need to use
1: it's not a good word it's not a good word um so of course as soon as he's interrogated like the truth comes spouting out of him like a fountain he is so proud of his achievements at one point he even says i'm sorry i hurt people but i would do it again which is like so you're not sorry okay cool you mean um, i'm sorry honey bunny i yeah honey bunny so he Wink. didn't so he didn't even show any shame No. Wow. I mean, he said a couple times like, oh, yeah, I feel bad for what, like, I feel bad that I did that, but not genuine, like, I don't think he was even lying. I think he was just like, oh, yeah, that wasn't a great thing to do, but he didn't really care, you know? Like, he was thinking not a cute look. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's one of those things where it's more like, ah, that sucks that I got caught, and now I'm in jail. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Um, Big bummer for the year. Womp, womp. Yeah. So he also said, if anything in my useless life comes out, help the little girls of today not to be... The premature corpses of tomorrow, which is like, <gasps> why don't you help the boys not make the girls premature corpses of tomorrow? I How mean, about amen. we go from that angle, idiot? Um, and so, when delving into the four women he was accused of killing, police realized that this is only the tip of the iceberg when he began naming other victims. So, he admitted to the four they had arrested him for, and then he admitted to four more. So they were Hardy Mosley Schmidt, who was found in Saint James Parish near a bayou on Highway 61 in 1947. Sean Gillis had hit her with his car as she was jogging, uh, as she was jogging through Pollard Estates on her morning run. Okay, I said 1947. I think I meant 1997. Sorry, 19. Uh, <laughs> 19- I was like, how? No, um, he's also a time traveler. Yeah, I guess so. 1997. He. This is what he did. He saw her jogging. He like tracked her like he hunted her for lack of a better word then he fucking drove her down with his car jumped out and i'm gonna tell you now which i haven't told you yet how he murdered them
2: oh i hadn't even thought
1: of it it's very scary and it, it really is gonna give me nightmares tonight he had industrial strength zip ties Okay. and he would put them around their neck <gasps> and tighten it. <gasps> no, Christine, that's it. I don't want I'm no. done. Goodbye. Emethy, this is why I couldn't say it up top. I was like I'd have to like gather my strength. That's Okay because at first you hear oh he killed them with zip ties and it's like okay but then you think about it and it's like once it's tightened like you can't untighten it yeah, even you know even I mean? if he fucking regretted it he- even if he changed his mind or even if she ran away like you're, yeah it's tight. oh he- i know Christine. so it's fucking awful and they were industrial strength so they weren't coming off hey guess what i have um, a new fucking fear thank you me too i was <sighs> listening to the true crime all the time podcast and i was like why would you do this at nine in the morning? I was driving to you to daycare, and I was screaming like, oh "How could you put this like, thought in my I'm head?" I'm like, ex- I'm like
2: making weird like like neck ticks, trying to keep, keep my swallowing. neck expanded. Like, keep trying, to go like, <sighs> like I know. <laughs> just to, oh, Christine, that's really it's so the fact that like, I mean, like in my head, in this moment, I still can't even process that that happened to a real person. I'm in my head; it's still being treated as a. Hey, wouldn't that be terrible if someone actually yes. had to deal with that? But someone has had to deal with that.
1: Exactly. It's almost like when you watch, at least when I watch, like, Dexter or whatever, I'm like, okay, or Criminal Minds. And I'm like, this is so heinous. And then I get in my head and start thinking about it. And I'm like, okay, it's a TV show. Like, it's just a TV show. But this is just the worst because you're like, oh, no, this actually happened uh, to several God, people. It's
2: just, oh, I hate this.
1: And the people that he also targeted, uh, a lot of them were sex workers. And he would describe them as people that society wouldn't miss. And Aww. so that's how he kind of decided he was going to victimize people, and that's how he often got them into his car. Uh, so just just another got fun it. fact. Ugh, um, but yeah, so the zip tie thing is probably the worst thing I've ever really. That really uh, is
2: just so so terrible. It's, oh my god, really bad. I can't
1: stop thinking about it. It's like a new fear that's going to keep me up at night that I didn't know I had. Um, so sorry, I had it, so now everyone else has to have it. So he picked her up off the side of the road after he hits her with his car grabs her puts the zip tie on tightens it as quickly as he can again and puts her puts her in this is just the the first one on the list i'm just describing how he did it so yeah he he hit her with his car grabbed her put the zip tie on tossed her in the trunk oh and that's the one that the girlfriend was in the car and smelled something (gasps) later oh my god Yeah. Wow. So, woof. Uh, Joyce Williams was the second person that they hadn't known about. She had gone missing November 12th, 1999, but her body was found behind a levee in Baton Rouge in January 2000. According to his confession, Gillis picked her up on Highway 19 and rode around for a while singing along with the songs on the radio. He then brought her to Rosedale Road in Port Allen and killed her with another nylon zip tie before bringing her to his home where he dismembered her cut off her nipples and ate them <gasps> okay
2: i'm sorry i don't know what to tell you but it's so bad christine, christine. i'm sorry christine I'm sorry christine You're
1: holding it like a comfort blanket i'm holding the sound, sound i am i've been t- so i had a bunch fabric. of panels so
2: while this one's been sitting here i've been trying to angle the other one so i've like got- <laughs> is that what's happening <laughs> that's what's been happening but now this I thought is you just had, like an
1: ipad i was like oh i was playing best fiends over there
2: <laughs> no i've been trying to like make a like a 360 wall around the microphone but i see yeah now it's, it's become just, a comfort now blanket. it's just my thunder buddy at this point <laughs> what, what the <laughs>
1: thunder fuck buddy. are you kidding me
2: shoot Chew- okay well now we know my like my oral fixation and now all i can do is imagine the consistency of a nipple okay well now my all molars. i can do
1: um god damn it. oh oh i'm sorry christine <laughs> i'm sorry oh. you're right i'm in the wrong you're right
2: also cutting okay so cutting off nipples is something i think about a lot and like just terms of pain yeah i know that's so weird but i I think about, I think about, like, nipples falling off of bodies way more than, is probably mentally healthy. <laughs> but, like, the fact, and I've always, it's been, like, a secret fear in my head, and now that you just said that out loud, I was like, oh, so someone has made mm-hmm. that a reality. Oh, certainly. Holy fuck. And then shoot on them, like, there were little pieces of gum or something, <sighs> and then went, gulp?
1: Yeah, what? he also practiced, that's the thing where I was saying earlier, like, he was practicing different things, trying out different things to find his, He like, certainly
2: fucking was. Yeah. He, that's some... That, I'm sorry, like, that's not even musk experimental.
1: That oh, is no. just like <laughs> That's beyond. very much illegal homicidal experimentation. Um.
2: <laughs> yes, but I'm saying, like, I've never even... It didn't even cross my stupid little mind until you said someone has chewed on... That's worse than Ed Gein using the nipples as a tool. As a belt. At least this guy was using them as a fucking movie theater snack. Oh, my God. Woof,
1: yeah. Take it. Please continue. It's really... <laughs> heinous so i'm just gonna keep talking because you know this is fun um so chewing cannibalism he sake. tried it out why not um the third person was lillian robinson who disappeared january of 2000 but was found march of 2000 he had also killed her with the industrial zip tie and then brought her to his home before dumping her into the bayou and then the fourth one the last one that they hadn't known about was marilyn nevels 38 who was murdered in october 2000 Gillis picked her up in Lafayette on his way to visit his godchild. How charming! Oh, yeah, cute. When she got into his car, he reached for a zip tie, but merit this is, this is, um, I'm sorry. Okay, Christine,
2: <laughs> I hate this. I'm Christine, sorry. I've never had such a guttural reaction I'm against sorry. a story of yours. You had me at nipples. You had me at fucking zip ties, and now whatever is <laughs> about, whatever you're about to do to me, I don't like hmm.
1: it. Okay, he... why? What? He, what? It's, just say it's it. It's the same sort of... Okay. He uh, reached for a zip tie, but she fought him and escaped from the car. He chased her across a field and then hit her with a piece of metal rebar and before she could get away, he wrapped the zip tie around her and tightened it. So it, it was like she almost got away and then at the last second he got that zip tie and it was like, at that point, you're screwed because you, even if you run away, you can't get that off. It's too late. Yeah. It's too late. Um, wow. It's just terrible. So he... Brought her to a car wash, laid her on the ground while he cleaned his car, and (gasps) yeah. All these fucking little activities, like, oh, he was just humming to the radio. Like, legitimately. It's heinous. Get out of here. It's heinous um he put her on the ground took her home then took a shower with her corpse uh before bringing her to river road and leaving her body on top of a levee and the saddest part was that for four until he was arrested and admitted to it not one person had ever reported her missing that's sad it is sad and and that was like what he explained was his his goal was he would target sex workers who he believed Uh, would be the least, quote-unquote, missed by society, which is so sick in its own way. But yeah, nobody ever reported her missing. Wow. And a lot of these women had children and families, obviously, So, uh, and were further traumatized by the media portraying a lot of these women. And not all of them were sex workers, but the ones who were, the media obviously, like, leaned into that too. And that was extra hard on the children who were like, she was a person. Right, right. You know? Wow. So... He also talked police through his uh, ritual as soon as Terry left for her night shift, which was, You let me out on the street, I'll find somebody before sundown. He would hunt women, kill, mutilate them, and then use their bodies for sexual gratification. He'd look for sex workers, people with drug addictions, anyone who looked helpless or willing to get into his car. Or not, because then he would just fucking
2: run them or over. Or not, yeah.
1: Or they would run away and he would drag them back to his car. Um, once inside his car, he'd use a white nylon tie lock, like a, a zip tie. Um, and he said, we're talking two and a half feet long, maybe five. So, like, mega industrial ziplock So, g- like, giving himself as much line, basically, yeah. as he needs to, like, To, like, really pull just... it.
2: <sighs> Motherfucker. And then
1: he said, and then I slip it on her head. Then he explained casually to the police what he'd do once he brought the bodies back to the house, which ha- he had a lot of time because his girlfriend was at work. Um, with Donna Johnston, he said he held her, bathed her, held her to himself. Um, and then he said, you know... <laughs> no I don't know um, <laughs> no cannot relate and then, cannot relate uh, and then he said I mean we were taking a shower you know why does he keep saying you know Well, he also
2: keeps calling people like little bunnies Ugh, or something gross. so I, I don't get it
1: yeah and so like I said he gave a manicure to the severed hand uh, and while Terry was at work he even performed an autopsy on Joyce Williams body on the kitchen floor
2: yeah you know you know
1: <laughs> 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 fucking casual you, you know, know? After discovering this, when police sprayed the baseboards of the kitchen floor, the cabinets lit up like a Christmas tree with uh, luminol of, you know, blood spatter. Gilles' computer was analyzed, which obviously had plenty of fun evidence on it as well. Uh, He had taken photos, like trophies, of his victims' bodies um, when he staged them so that he could take them home as trophies. Uh, He even took a picture of the victim in the trunk of his car, and in the photo was his own goddamn license plate fucking idiot guy yeah smart um he had 45 digital pictures downloaded to his computer of johnson's mutilated body alone and on the other okay another thing they found on his computer was a document called dtl which stood for derek todd lee And that was the other serial killer uh, who was active around the same time. And in this document, he would store news and information about Lee's crimes. Uh And he later went on to allege that he feared being outdone by Lee. So he was like tracking him to make sure he could one up him. Like doing recon to make sure that,
2: oh, he hasn't hasn't outsmarted me or out disgusted me yet. Yep, yep
1: like I want to be remembered like he said in the interrogation they also broached his upbringing to to be like where does his necrophilia come from and your obsession with like raping people after death and it turns out he actually had a sexual fascination with his own mother which seems to be a common fucking thing in these stories and uh when asked whether he had ever thought about having sex with his mother he responded with yes of course you know you know say you know Uh, (laughs) but yeah i had the same thought uh he responded with yes of course she's not an unattractive woman even if you see her and meet her now i thought if she passed away y'all would find me in bed with her
2: (gasps) yeah oh my god and his mother is
1: still alive to hear all this bullshit come out of his mouth isn't that great yeah she's like wait what oh my god and she thought he was like an angel and
2: uh, imagine that poor I don't know if they were roommates or partners or whatever. the platonic relationship. He was oh, in, his girlfriend. They, yeah. They were dating. They're dating. Okay. Like imagine that poor woman Ugh. who now looks back and says like, oh, well, you definitely have the wrong house. This guy's like nothing like no. who you think he is. To then hear things like, oh, so we were platonic the whole time you were thinking about banging
1: your mom Ugh. and a bunch of corpses. Okay. Oh got it. my God. I just at that point be glad he didn't want to have sex with me. I'd be like. I know. I'd be
2: like, dodge Dodge a a fat bullet. Yeah, Yeah. totally.
1: Especially when she's like, I'm not interested in this violent photo you're showing me. Don't want to practice that with you. No, thank you. Um, Sean Vincent Gillis stood for trial July 1st, 2008. And while in court, even more evidence emerged. Um, There was a letter, like I was saying earlier, where he wrote to a friend of his final victim, Donna Johnston. And Mm -hmm. uh, Tammy had been her name was tammy and she had been corresponding with sean while he was in jail and in his letter he like wrote out a confession of what he had done in detail um and he narrated donna's murder to her which is like can you imagine i mean it's so fucking dark and he said your friend died quickly she was so drunk it only took about a minute and a half to succumb to unconsciousness and then death and then signed it yours oh so beyond sorry sean vincent gillis so beyond so sorry i so beyond sorry. don't believe you and also
2: like <laughs> what like what's what
1: was the goal there was
2: he I thinking the friend would like be proud of him I think or maybe like he he, just wanted was he to bragging brag?
1: yeah i like i don't get what the point was because he doesn't sound fucking sorry and it's not like anybody would think oh she's gonna enjoy this confession i'm about to write her like she'll feel better right I, It's like twisted i'm not really sure what the point was so who knows if he was just trying to like fuck around more and get more attention i'm not sure Um, But so that letter on top of everything else gave them first degree murder without any shadow of a doubt. So with the overwhelming evidence, the verdict was undeniable. He was charged with the murders of Catherine Hall, Johnny May Williams, Donna Bennett Johnson. Uh, He was sentenced to three life terms. And a year prior to the sentence, he also pleaded guilty and was convicted in the killing of 36-year-old Joyce Williams. So to date, he has been charged and convicted of seven of the eight murders. Police are still trying to gather more evidence to charge him with Lillian Robinson's murder. And final note, he's now 58, which surprises me, because to me, he feels much older, but now I'm thinking, like, this was in the 2000s, so it's not even that long ago. Um, mm. But so many of these stories are, like, older, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he's only 58. He's at Louisiana Louisiana State Penitentiary. Um, sometimes, this is the best. This is the best line. Sometimes he's known as the other Baton Rouge killer. <gasps> <laughs> what what a perfect dig I at the know. ego. oh my gosh oh. yeah so he because derek todd lee is known as the baton rouge serial killer uh so he's known as the other one which i'm sure just ticks him off to no fucking end Ugh. um so as for terry she actually still lives in the house in the house they shared in the house that she moved into that was his sean's and his parent his mom's house back in the day so she still lives there which is like all right you do you man i mean wow that'd be tough mentally for me but she's still there uh she still has gillis's car which is named buffy so that's let bd wong handle that one i Um, yep okay (laughs) i shall i you froze me in that moment i was like i got i got nothing (laughs) Yeah, so uh, Buffy is still there, sitting in the backyard, rotting away, and that is the story of Sean Vincent Gillis, the other Baton Rouge serial killer, as I like to call him.
2: I love that. I I love that they uh, gave him a name. They won't ju- give him the satisfaction. Yeah, that's, I mean, come on, that's, they should also really nickname him, like, the shittiest one, or, like, the one that, like, yeah. no one loves or cares about.
1: The, like, what's his name? The unimpressive <laughs> one, yeah. Yeah, the boring, unimpressive guy.
2: Wow. Wow the one star rated murderer
1: <laughs> one star serial killer well and interestingly enough in that same letter he actually mentioned too like it was only until 10 years ago that i ever felt an urge to harm another person so who knows what the fuck happened 10 years before that like made him decide all of a sudden this was his new yeah and because until that point it's not like he had he would said he never had fascination with murder growing up he never had like uh he never killed anyone or hurt anyone until he was that age and then he was like i can't help it i'm gonna do it wow well weird hmm all right <laughs> I, uh,
2: anyway great story i mean it takes a lot to make me cringe and
1: it does i feel pretty i mean as fucked up as it is i feel pretty honored that uh you know episode 209 i i gotcha
2: all it took was the was chewing on nipples <laughs> i
1: had, I got uh, instant uh goosebumps on that one yeah actually i'm getting it now still so
2: yeah. like it's nice to know like if if like i don't i don't even know i don't even know i where are we going with this sentence i don't know i i froze halfway through and i was like even i don't know so never <laughs> mind um thank you for the trauma i can't wait to call my therapist
1: um thanks for the trauma thanks yeah. for the We'll, we'll chop it we'll chop it
2: um we'll chop it anyway also thank you for those who chose to stick around after that you had the yep. option to not listen so yeah this
1: is not our fault you stayed and
2: jealous of you and <laughs> i would have i would have turned off the show by now um but <laughs> thank you for listening to another episode of and that's why we drink and we appreciate uh you putting up with that that was great. Yes.
1: <laughs> you can find us at ATWW Podcast. Our website is in Um If you want to buy tickets to our live show, our virtual live show, which is going to be super fun, go to onlocationlive.com slash ATWWD and we'll be reading creepy stories that you sent in. So can't wait. And you can send them
2: in to, don't send them into our normal uh, website mm-hmm. or our normal uh, email address. Send it to uh, ATWWD from our couches at gmail.com. And that's, those will be the stories that are, picked from or selected from
1: yeah and i believe the 22nd is the deadline for that
2: yes okay perfect oh thank
1: you everyone and uh
2: hopefully this was next time hopefully this was the most traumatic part of your week (laughs) see you next time and that's why we drink